What is going on, everybody? It's LG Set here from the First Minute. Welcome back to another weekly edition of the podcast. And today's show, if you're looking at this in the description, you'll see it runs well over two hours. And I'm just going to tell you right now what we talk about on the show and which parts you can skip to if you're not a fan of the part where me and Phil just talk about our personal lives. Because the entire first hour of the show is about things not really related to NFTs. We spend the first 20 minutes talking about the NCAA, March Madness. Phil has a lot of thoughts. We talk about storylines. We talk about how we did on our brackets. I actually did quite well for the people out there who are like, LG doesn't actually watch basketball. F you, I actually do watch basketball, and I did pretty well, better than, I don't know, some people. I don't know. I've got, I've got some intact, like Final Four and uh, Elite Eight and stuff like that still going. Either way, we talk about NCAA for 20 minutes, and then we spend like 15 minutes talking about Phil being a hockey coach. So it kind of goes off the rails. We spend another 10 minutes talking about why referees, both in minor league hockey and in the MLB, are bad. <laughs> so it's super random. And then Phil tells another 15-minute story about his adventure at the Raptors game with people from Top Shot, Jurassic Pack. So him kind of getting tickets through Top Shot, through the group there, going and thinking he was going to be a big celebrity at the game, but then turning out that no one even spoke to him, which then later turned out to not be true. People did try and talk to him, and he was too into the game, so he claimed. So we talked about that for a very long time. And then finally, around the, like, hour and six minute mark i want to say hour seven hour eight an hour and eight minutes or so we actually talk about top shot drops the ones that they've been doing for the last couple weeks how they've banked like over a million dollars in money direct from the economy we then move on to talk about baseball plans finally we have plans from both so rare mlb and candy digital rolling out their big stuff for this season we talk about will it make a difference and their user numbers in their volume, yes or no. Then at the end of the show, we talk about the Doodles drama and my favorite, latest, greatest line in NFTs, Florit and GTFO from the Doodles co-founder, Poopy. So uh, I, I don't, I don't want to call this like a loaded show. It's actually the actual NFT part is only about an hour long and also comes with weird little tidbits about WWE and Hasbula, uh, the internet celebrity. But the first hour is more like Life updates, allergy and Phil, talk stories, NCAA sports talk, what have you. There's also no hot take of the week this week. We kind of forgot to post it, so we'll get back to it next week. Either way, appreciate you tuning in and hope you enjoy the show on another episode of The First Mint. Now welcome to First Mint, looking for NFT content, look no further cause this is it. From Top Shot the blockchain, they got the data chops, analysis, and pack drops, the show's a play to hop. LG and Phil D, the best amongst others, best brothers that happen to balls is the Ball Brothers. So settle in cause it's time for the best show, Ayo Quad, who we reppin' the First Mint. Let's go. Hey, Phil D, what's up? Welcome back. Whoa! Hey, hey, first mint. What's going on? Hey, happy, uh, happy uh, March Madness. Oh, <laughs> God, man, honestly, honestly, I like. I think I talked about this last week, and I said over and over again, I'm not going to mm -hmm. overthink things. Okay. Sure enough, like the night before, I was going through all these like historical things. And I'm not going to lie. Listen, it helped me a little bit because right now I still have three of my final four teams intact. So do a lot of people. So okay. it's not something to brag about. 
overall my bracket who, is terrible who, who, who is who is did you hold on wait can i ask you did you put the same bracket across like all things that you submitted or did. did you make different ones like totally different I just you did, did the same one thing. across every one, single board everything yes okay. i used to do it as many as they would allow you to um okay so this year so, so we sorry sorry so the one yeah so the one that you yeah. put in the ncaa website Yes. Like that we are listed as celebrities, then that's your bracket yes. for everything, right? Okay, that's so I got to pull it up. Let's just take a look. Let's take a look yeah. and we can all we can all look at this together. No, it's bad. It's really bad. Like we're talking. Well, hold on. Off. You have a, you have MSU. So that's pretty that's pretty impressive so to have MSU. That was that my bold pick was Michigan State because, and I'll tell you okay. why. Michigan yeah. State. Um, so there, I forgot what the stat was, but I found some stats on teams like Michigan State who shoot the three ball really well, who, um, mm -hmm. you know, didn't do too well in their conference tournament who have a coach who has not lost an opening round match in like forever. Um, right. They are also, but so yeah, I've got them going pretty far because I, I figured that the mm -hmm. East bracket where Purdue ended up being and be ended up being upset again for the third year yeah. in a row or whatever it is. Um, by a I low seed. By a, by a seed by low seed. Worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's brutal, man. If, they, if it's, it's the same coach for all three seasons, you fire that guy like immediately. Right, I no don't even reason. understand those Purdue highlights. I want to go back to your philosophy of how you picked like a MSU to go that far, but I just don't understand. Like I didn't get a chance to watch the game. I just kind of caught the end, but I don't understand how like literally Zach Eady was like a foot taller than everybody. And I know, I know like he played well, but still like, he's like a monster compared to those guys. Like, I don't understand. Like it looks like an adult with children. So I, I'm still surprised. Well, just watching FDU, Fairly like, Dickinson, they can shoot the three, so he's kind of useless when it comes to that. They can shoot the three, and if you saw the last play of the game where they had a chance, I believe, to tie. Was it yes. a chance to tie? No, it wasn't yeah. to tie. It was like, oh, yeah, because then they fouled, and, they, and then and then FDU got yeah. more free throws. But but the pass to him was was awful. Like, he had a foot on the guy yeah. that was covering him or guarding him, yeah. but the pass sailed oh, yeah. out of bounds. So, I oh, mean, yeah. that wasn't on him. I don't know what that was. Just a bad play call. Uh, actually, the play call yeah. was pretty good. But if you can't get them the ball and you have guys just throwing the ball over, Purdue is just cursed, man. You got to change like the whole culture over there. It's just that's bad. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's kind of that's where like just bad juju. Yeah. That's kind of where for me a team, if you're gonna pick a seven seed or or higher, mm -hmm. or sorry, is it lower? Do you say lower when it's seed is? Is it a lower seed or higher seed? Higher seed. Higher seed. Like high one? seed. High or, seed is like a no 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 no. Low Which low one? seed is one. A low seed. Okay, so a low top, seed. You're, you're confusing. A top seed would be like a Purdue. <laughs> That's like a top seed. Okay. But high so, and low. I, anyways, it's like high and low seed. For me, numbers. the only one seed I didn't see getting to the final four or even, or even the Elite Eight was Purdue. So if I was going to pick a, a team that was seeded anywhere um, outside of like the top four in each, in each, mm -hmm. you know, for me, Michigan State, just because of their history. And, and, and we talked about it on the podcast last week, LG. The NCAA and all of sports, for that matter, love a storyline, okay? Mm -hmm. Nobody has talked about the storyline because it's not time to talk about it yet. But Michigan just State just had that on-campus shooting about a month ago mm -hmm. or, a bit, or a little bit mm -hmm. over a month ago. Mm -hmm. And out of all the sports teams, including the football team and other good sports, they have great hockey team and they have great football, not great football team, a good football team, decent sometimes. Um, the one person, the one figure that kind of emerged from that whole thing as the spokesperson for university was Tom Izzo, the basketball mm -hmm. coach. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, you know what? The guy's, he's such a good coach. He's such a good guy. He's such a leader that what a story it will be if Michigan State somehow can find their way through the final four. And if they can find a way to, to, to kind of grab national attention, 
And then we're going to hear about the shooting. You know, you may have some of the surviving victims come out to the games, you know, things like that. I always envision this type of thing and see who has that kind of storyline, right? Um, mm -hmm. So, but listen, we're still a long ways away from Michigan State being in the final four. I have them in the championship game. Um, so, yeah, anything could happen. They could be gone next round. Yeah, exactly. And they still have to beat like Kansas State and then probably Tennessee, although who knows. But um, I just want to go back to your bracket. So let's just, just for people who only listen to the show, I'm just going to talk through uh, who you have in the final four. So you had Arizona, which I think pretty much oh, anybody who said that they knew Princeton, like no friggin' way. There's <laughs> but so you know Arizona. What, just one yeah. thing on Arizona is I should have known this. They're another team that over the years, they come in as a very, very um, high mm -hmm. seed. Or, or sorry, mm -hmm. high low, whatever you want, top seed, and and, top and they seed. get they they get bounced pretty fast almost every year. So it's like another culture thing over there where they just can't get over it. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so I had I have Arizona in there, I have yeah, Michigan State in there, um, yeah. I have Houston in there, and Houston's my yeah. eventual champion, and yeah. then I have I believe Gonzaga in there. As Gonzaga, well. yeah, yeah, Gonzaga. Now uh, and so yeah. So the stat that I posted, and I love looking at stuff like this because I do think it matters. Uh, I ended up picking Houston as my champion, not as much for mm -hmm. the fact that I wanted to, but when I saw the stat that since mm -hmm. the year 2000, no team from the Pacific time zone and no team from the Big Ten has won March Madness, I was like, okay, well, I've got a couple in here. I've mm -hmm. got Gonzaga in here. I've got Michigan mm -hmm. State from the Big Ten in here, and I've got mm -hmm. Arizona in here. By process of elimination – that leaves only Houston for me to pick. Not because I wanted to pick them, but based on that time. And yes, of course, trends are meant to be broken. That's probably coming to an end soon. Um, mm -hmm. But if it happens, it happens. You know, Michigan State from the Big Ten, the last team actually to win from either the Big Ten or the the, the, the crazy part for me is the Western time zone. Like, are you serious? How is that possible that a team from Pacific time zone has not won this thing in 23 years? Like, what's going on? Yeah. I, I saw that too. I didn't even realize that, right? So it's a pretty shock. And it wasn't even just like Western time zone. It was like across it was like a map that was like across yeah. this line, right? So it was pretty much like any like nothing nobody like none of the western states either. Like I don't think like a nothing. mountain time team has won either. But, right? It was like like the entire western half of the country has ever won. Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, like, I don't so know, yeah, man. So it was pretty, shocking to me, right? So and and the mm -hmm. last one to do it was Tom Mizzle with Michigan State in the year 2000. So for me, again, mm -hmm. Michigan State, a good story there. Uh, they're actually looking mm -hmm. really good. Both games they've played have mm -hmm. actually looked the exact same, where they build a big lead as an underdog. And mm -hmm. then by halftime, they blow the lead. And then mm -hmm. the game's like tied or close to being tied. And then they just start pulling away in the second half when they kind of go back to their basics and, and what they do. So, um, so for me, at least, I'm kind of happy. I've seen a lot of people who had Kansas in their final four, um, you know, Arizona, Purdue, whoever, whoever they had in there. That's kind of been mm -hmm. blown up. So to have three teams left after the first uh, weekend of action, if you can call it that, mm -hmm. I think I'm pretty mm -hmm. okay with it. But, man, I yeah. don't know. I'm, I'm disappointed in some of the other stuff I picked. I don't know. <laughs> Such a mess. So many upsets. Right? I picked the wrong yeah, one. That's it was, a problem. I went for it, but I picked the wrong Yeah, upset. it's you picked the wrong – you picked the wrong upset, upsets. But they weren't bad. Like, picking Penn State was not a bad idea like right. they still only lost by like five points to texas right so it's like you know it's not a, it's not mm -hmm. a bad pick it's just like some of these teams have one bad game although you and i both did pick creighton so that's pretty good i also picked blue jays uh to get that, pick, like man. to get that deep so it's a pretty good pick to beat baylor so actually let's go so let's go let's over really you, quick have. you to, have a good bracket uh, so i so i put in like a bunch of like i put in two like brackets that i worked on and then i put in like five other brackets that i just totally friggin made up so anybody who's watching right now you can see 
uh, in this this watch to earn bracket. Phil and I are at the top there as the celebrities, uh, but our brackets there are not doing super well. Phil's ranked twenty two, twenty almost twenty third, twenty three hundred out of thirty five hundred, and I'm I my bracket that I submitted is four fifty, but I did have That's another good. bracket that is doing super well that was pretty close to that one where I'm a hundred and seventy third. I have forty six points. Uh, for this bracket i also have houston uh, over alabama in my final uh, and i had ucla and purdue as the other two finalists so still still very much alive there obviously i didn't like i had uh i I had arizona actually losing the second round to utah state which is a matchup that that will never happen (laughs) i had utah state all the way in the elite eight i don't know they were kind of like one of my dark horse picks but uh what i am proud of i can tell you is my midwest bracket is 100 percent intact i only got one pick wrong out of everything which was the pit win um, so I still have Houston, Miami, Xavier, Texas, and Houston and Texas facing off. Uh, and then very somewhat similar in the West. I had obviously Kansas beating Arkansas, but otherwise I've got UConn, um, Gonzaga and, and UCLA in there. Uh, my East bracket is destroyed. There are no teams that I picked that are left. They're all gone. So <laughs> sorry. Arkansas, Arkansas <laughs> deserves a, a huge shout out to our good friend Chandler who yeah. from Arkansas, mm-hmm. who did not <laughs> know that Arkansas won <laughs> until the next day. I mean, that's incredible. Or maybe yeah. two days later. So he claims. So he Big claims. Shout out, Chandler. That, ben. Love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But you know what, LG? Here's another stat for you. Uh, the number one seed overall, not just a, a number one seed, but the number one seed overall, which is Alabama in this mm-hmm. case, has not mm-hmm. won the tournament in something like 17 years. Seriously, whoever yeah. the top, top seed is out of all the teams, when mm-hmm. they rank them all one, two um, to the bottom, is is Alabama this time. And they have not won the national championship in like years, man. I was shocked by that. Right. I guess it's a why lot of that? pressure why, to come in. Why do you um, think? But why do you think this whole trend know, of like teams teams only winning from like a certain region or whatever like and even you're saying yeah. you're, you're kind of subscribing to different storylines and stuff like that like mm-hmm. why why is it like that is it just is it literally just luck of the draw right that is like this is a mm-hmm. freaking just nutso tournament and anything can it happen is. and there's no sure mm-hmm. bets uh, mm-hmm. as seen this weekend or is it is there some kind of trend line there where i don't know is there is there a conspiracy like east coast audiences are bigger than west coast audiences so they want yeah. they want bigger you know, more eyeballs that way. Is that why? I think it's more that like, you know, more than any other sport, there is no tomorrow Mm -hmm. if you don't perform. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of pressure. And the minute one of these underdogs goes on some kind of streak and can't stop hitting threes, it's really easy to panic and completely lose it. As opposed to in the regular Mm -hmm. season when you're playing a bit more loose and you know what, who cares if we lose this game, we'll, we'll drop in the rankings, but we're still going to make the tournament. Like whatever, you know, some of these top programs Mm -hmm. don't really care. Um, mm-hmm. this is like, this is pressure that maybe they haven't faced all year. Right. And mm-hmm. Alabama hasn't faced that yet. Every game they've played now, they've mm-hmm. gone out to a big lead and haven't really struggled with anybody, but now it's going to get tougher, right? Playing tougher teams and man, teams like Princeton, they're annoying. I watched them actually in their conference championship game against Yale. Cause I thought Yale would win that game. I, I don't know why I was watching that. It was on, it was actually on the final day of conference uh, championships and it was on before everything else it was on at like 11 AM. So I turned it on and mm-hmm. Man, they were they were annoying to watch because they just play some annoying style of like, um, I, I don't even know what to call it. They just they just it, they, and and they hit all their threes. That's the big thing, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, bigger programs they're not used to teams like that, and I think that's why we saw a few upsets. But there were also other programs. It was like Furman. It's like, hey, you pulled that first round upset off, and then it was like, what the hell was that yesterday or the day before? <laughs> Wait a second. Now, but but this is where I I'm like, you know what? This is where place like Vegas cashes in. 
is that everyone went yes. bonkers for Furman after their first game. Yes. So they're like, oh yes. man, they could do it again, right? Uh, yeah, in the exactly. second game. But well, how quickly yeah. people forget that Furman actually didn't really belong pulling that upset off had it not been for that completely boneheaded play by that Virginia player. And, and, mm-hmm. and a Virginia player who's played more games than anyone else on that team who launched mm-hmm. the ball in the air with 6.7 seconds. Oh, that game Both was days. over. That game was game over. Was over like, Furman, Furman was losing by four <laughs> points with like 14 seconds remaining, and they didn't even have the ball. Yeah. Like, it's like the game was over. Like, it was somehow he launched they the hit ball that in three. the air, hoping that it would uh, hang in the air for 6.7 yeah. seconds. Okay. There is no <laughs> yeah. one on this planet, not LeBron James, nobody else who can launch a basketball in the air and have it stay up for Mm -hmm. 6.7 seconds. Yeah, especially while you're being guarded by, like, three dudes, man. And it reminded (laughs) me, and you have a timeout. So it's called stop, call your timeout, and figure Mm -hmm. something else out. But anyways, um, Mm -hmm. it reminded me of the Mo Pete play, Morris Peterson. Yes. um, Against, I think it was the Washington. For the Raptors. For the Raptors, like, 20 years ago or whatever it was. like Whoever it was on Washington who thought the best play with two seconds left was to launch the ball as high as he could in the air. And he only launched yeah. it like 10 feet in the air, barely. And Mo- yes. Morris Peterson caught it near midcourt and just launched a three-pointer for the win. <laughs> <laughs> it went in. But it was like they thought like, they, they were acting like the game was over, too. Like that guy had yes. it, and he wasn't too contested. He was just like, okay, well, uh, we're up by three. And he just uh, hucked it in the air. And then Mo Pete just grabbed it and, and like caught it and threw it like at the buzzer. And it went <laughs> in and they tied the game. And then I think the Raptors lost. It was time. Is that what still, it was? Yeah, whatever it was. I yeah. think it, it was to tie it. That's why it was like it was like okay. they have the set. They have like there's no chance. And this was like. This is also like 18 or 19 years ago. So there was no, like there was not, there wasn't as much of like a three ball threat back then of like, okay, it's a strategy. Everyone shoot the three. Like that didn't exist back then. Right. It's like, so the idea of like, just huck it and maybe somebody, you know, worst case, somebody shoots a three pointer. Like that wasn't even possible. Like nobody can shoot a three pointer from a half court back then. It's completely impossible. That was like, that was one of the first times that it actually happened. It's too bad. It was for like, it's too bad. It wasn't like a nothing game though. That's the thing. The Raptors game, but that that one, yeah, this Furman thing, like that that was like a mid season garbage game. This was like the last game of that guy's like college career. Basically like, who knows, right? Like could you imagine? Could you imagine that is like you've been playing in Virginia for four years and, you know, you score. I don't even I don't remember who it was that threw it, but it's like you you've done you've had a great career and you're like, great, like can't wait to play in two days from now uh, in the next round. And then you huck it and they score and you lose. And that is the last play. And especially like a lot of these guys in the NCAA, like they're not going to the NBA. They're not going to, there's no, no, none of these guys right. are going to the, you know, have most of these guys are not going to the NBA. So these memories from like March Madness, and their college career like those are the memories anybody who's played like any kind of sport like they're etched in your brain forever like whatever the highest level of competition is that you played you remember those moments of like the last season that you played that sport right like it doesn't matter what it is so that guy is going to remember that imagine that's your last play ever and his teammates though because don't forget he took the entire team down with him with that including all the seniors yes yes imagine other guys like they worked so hard and they're like, great, we're getting one more game. And then it's like this guy just hucked it. Although if you're not that guy, that'd be a pretty funny story. It'd, be, it'd take you a long time to get over it, especially when you're like 21. But, but that's college pretty, sports. Pretty that's March story. Madness. Yeah. That's the beauty of it is that it's 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 Some guys the emotion of the game is like, you know, man, it is yeah. what it is. Now, one more thing. Did you see the ending of the 
there were a couple of endings that were all over Twitter because of their spread implications and how it finished, like including the game last night where <laughs> yes. I, what was that game last night where a guy chucked a three out of nowhere and, and it ended up covering uh, the spread for people. And people went bonkers. That's all the videos today of people like celebrating. And, um, I yeah. forgot who it was. I, it was one of the late games. I don't know if it was Kansas State. No, it was TCU, I believe. It was TCU. It was TCU. TCU. Yeah. 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 They he lost nailed some the shot kind of, of the buzzer. Yeah. But like, no, he kind of he, he let the ball roll all the way to center yeah. court. So the clock wouldn't yeah. start because was there wasn't enough time, and and they I let him roll it almost yeah. all the way to the three point line. Then he picked it up and he yeah. didn't even set his feet. He just kind of heaved one. It went in yeah. and it covered the spread for whoever had um, uh, TCU in that game. But <laughs> that's a lot of one, money, man. That's a lot. It of really money. is, man. That's a massive yeah. swing, right? I don't know what people are on, but uh, the best ending for me was was last night Florida Atlantic against Fairleigh Dickinson. So it's a ten point lead after a really close game. Mm-hmm. FDU actually gave them a hell of a time and actually where they were leading in the second half at some point. Um, but at the very end of the game, about 10 seconds left, they're up by 10. So the ball gets moved up to one of the players on uh, Florida Atlantic who are up by 10. And the guy decides to go in for some crazy, like, NBA dunk competition, uh, windmill dunk. Or, like, so I, I couldn't see exactly what he did, but some crazy dunk. And he doinked it, and the ball almost hit, the like, the scoreboard, okay? Uh, and the coach of Fairleigh Dickinson was pissed off, man. Like, he was furious. Yeah. Okay, he yeah. thought the guy was showboating, and he missed the dunk. That's the best part. The ball went, like, mm-hmm. into oblivion. And he mm-hmm. came out of the court just livid, and he was trying to, like, kill the other coach. And the other coach is, like, saying, I'm sorry, man. I didn't, like, I didn't tell him to do that. Like, he yeah. just did that. These are kids, man. They're just they're just doing whatever yeah. out there, right? So, but, you know, Florida Atlantic, that's a team that's never made it this far. A lot of emotion again. And- did you did you hear about how the Farley Dickinson coach oh, made, yeah. like, in preparation for playing yes. Purdue? Because now, you know, for like 48 hours, all those, like, especially that coach, were like huge celebrities, right? And now it's over. But for that brief moment in time, top of the world. And apparently one of the things, you know, now his his pregame speech is famous now about how mm-hmm. he's like, or or because they, I think they played in the play-in, right? They played, they were one of the first four. And he, and he was like, you know, I after they won their first four game, he was like, I watched Purdue and they don't look yes. that good. Right. And everybody's like, wow, he called a shot. Apparently, another thing he did with his team was make them watch videos of a lion fighting an elephant. Did you hear about this? No. <laughs> so basically about how like a small animal can fight a big animal. So he made his team like watch videos like, I don't know, on YouTube of like African lions. Wow. Where, like a lion That's fighting crazy. an elephant. I just uh, thought that, that was be, hilarious. That can be that. disturbing too. Yeah. But that, hey, like, whatever works, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. And apparently it's his first year coaching D1 basketball i didn't know that either it is that's pretty yeah. impressive man yeah, yeah sometimes yeah. you know I, yeah. i'm not a fan of kind of bulletin board material but i don't think purdue even cared what fairly dickinson mm-hmm. was saying because mm-hmm. a one seed is not supposed no. to lose to a 16 seed no matter what no so they weren't even that, on clip, their radar, that clip right that clip didn't matter like i don't even think that was a news clip i think that's just a clip that somebody filmed and yes, that, that right. clip didn't matter until after they won i'm sure every single team has a pregame like clip of the coach saying we're going to beat their asses. It doesn't matter how good of a team they are. Every team that's an underdog crap seed. Right. I'm sure that exists for Princeton somewhere too. Maybe it's not film, but everybody motivate says yourself, that. Right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. So you, you have to. Even if it's the most impossible team, game, sure. you can't go into it thinking you're going to lose. You have to try. And especially listen. like, listen, the more this happens, the more the Purdue's and the Arizona's lose, like the more it's possible every year, right? Like that's it's the true. thing. Is, so it's, you know, and the but, more but motivation yeah. is, is, you know, like that, that motivates some teams. Like I do this with my, I yes. coach my daughter's house league hockey team. And you know what I tell these guys? We have the wow. best team in the league. We dominate. 
Okay, we went 14 and two this year, which is not supposed to happen in house league wow. of any time. Because wow, subtle a- flex, Phil D. Big time Holy flex. Shit. Running the Toronto. Hey. The, playoffs the, the this GTHL week, streets. Oh, playoffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are you oh wait, is her team facing the shitty team? Are they are they playing like the worst team in the league? Yeah. So the way it works is it, it's oh. a round robin stage. They split the six top six teams into two groups. But what right. I, I didn't want to say anything in the league because we can beat anybody. I just don't understand why us as the one seed is in a group yeah. with the three and the five seed. If you wanted it to make sense, <laughs> we would be in a group with the four and six seeds, not three and yeah. five. So I don't know why we're being penalized playing better teams, but it doesn't matter. We can take them all. But you know what I used to motivate these kids, and I've done it all year, is I will take things like – I'll say things like, okay, we lost only two games. After we lost our first game, I told these kids, everyone now thinks you guys suck. All I keep hearing from other teams is how beatable you guys are now and that you guys were just a joke this whole time and not really as good as you think. And these kids are actually like, all right, that pisses us off. So let's go show them they're not. Mm-hmm. So small things like that. Not that, I, that? I, I, or did you make, I didn't really make hear anybody effort? say that, but you know what? I know they're thinking that. So I might as well tell the guys. Right? So The guys, the girls. Is, a girl, is, it, is it a girls hockey team or a guys hockey team? Or is it mixed? So it's, it's, mixed it's, hockey it's, team. it's mixed, but she's the only girl in the league. Actually, there's two girls in the league. She's one of the only girls in the league. She likes she's playing better with girls. Oh, uh, right. Girls are worse, man, in terms of like the vibes of the girls is worse. The guys don't mm-hmm. judge her. They just, you know, she's a girl and they, they respect that and they, they don't really care, right? Uh, but they're playing with girls can get really ugly, she said. So she prefers playing with the boys. But yeah, but a little motivation like that. I didn't really hear this. From, I said, you know, the coaches have a chat. The other players have a chat. Everybody's chatting about you guys. And they thought about that for the whole week, and they came out and smashed the next team they played, right? Another time I said, listen, there's a player on the other team. I keep hearing that this kid hasn't played all year, and he's scoring eight or nine goals a year, and I'm sick and tired of hearing about this kid, okay? But he does. But that that was the word. We hadn't seen this kid play, but nobody. Yeah, and I yeah. said, I said, and I told him two weeks in advance, nobody is doing that to us, and I'm really sick of hearing about this kid. So what happened when we played him? We beat them 7-0, seven, seven okay? Um, but but this is what I mean, those small motivational <laughs> things like that. And if, it, and, if, and if it means to say that, hey, I watched Purdue play, and I think we can beat them, which that coach, if he watched Purdue play, there's no way he thought they could beat them. But he's going to say that yeah. because you're going to believe what your coach says. Oh, and if your coach is really you know confident like that, you, you're going to follow that. So What, what uh, is yeah, the biggest beatdown? What's the biggest beatdown you guys laid on a team this year? So they stopped, they stopped counting the score. So there's a five-goal increment. So if there's a difference of five goals – they don't like. Yeah. They won't add, continue adding on the scoreboard. They won't just add stop. it to the scoreboard. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll just be, so be five nothing on the board now. Yeah. So if you're winning yeah. six one and the other team scores, and or sorry, if you're winning seven to one, the scoreboard shows six one. Yeah. But if the other team scores yeah. to make it six two, then it goes to seven two because you're allowed to show the seven goal line. Like it's oh, ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do get oh, it. Oh my but god, we, man. There, there was a balancing halfway through the year where they're like, okay, you're the top team. You guys are like seven or eight to zero. You have to give up players. And I'm just like, all right, mm-hmm. whatever. So I gave up I gave up my top score and I gave up another player. But here's what they wanted mm-hmm. to do. They wanted to give me back players from the from the from the bottom team, but they wanted mm-hmm. to give me like their worst players. And I'm like, okay, of course. You know what? No, 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 no. We're not doing that. Okay. <laughs> I don't need any players. I have good attendance on my team. You guys always struggle with attendance on your team. So I'll give you my two players, and here's a gift. Enjoy it. Okay. Now you guys are gonna have enough players for every game. Now, it did end up screwing me. I was missing a few players for a couple of games this year. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> no, seriously, I jinxed myself by saying we have perfect attendance. Then all of a sudden, kids right. were missing left and right, and I'm like, okay, can I borrow Claire from that team? But um, <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's, it's pretty wild. I'm pretty excited. I shouldn't be this right. excited for house league hockey playoffs, but I am. No, you should. Listen, for anybody who doesn't know, like the GTHL, the Tor General Toronto Hockey League, I don't even know if that league, your team's in it, but whatever. Just the, playing youth hockey in Toronto is pretty much the most intense hockey experience that any family could ever have. Both players and teams. I used to go to Phil's games because uh, obviously I was too young to like stay home by myself. So I'd get dragged to Phil's games like triple a like oh. you know and when you guys were like 13 or 14 so some kids you know it's still like in a window where some kids could could still elevate and get to junior and make the nhl like it's still in that window mm -hmm. and you played you played with a few people who did make it like in different That's levels right. right so but so it's like when the kids are like 13 or 14 which is around phil's daughter's age it's like that like the parents are super intense the kids are intense everybody thinks that their kid is the absolute best kid in the world i witnessed some crazy shit at your games phil like i remember one of the dads on your team threw a garbage can on the ice at one point he threw it at a referee <laughs> i was like That's what standard. the hell's going on man standard, yeah standard man. yeah have there been any parking lot brawls after your games this year no, not our house league games. I, I'm not going to lie. The house league parents are great. The reason their kids are playing house league, and for those who don't know what house league is, it's kind of just like once a week, one practice, one yeah. game, and that's it. Uh, the reason a lot of these kids are playing house league, because I'm I'm coaching some of these kids. I'm like, what are you doing here? You actually have a future in hockey. Why are you playing here? And the best player in the entire league is on my team. And I sat down beside him one time before practice, and I said, well, why are you here? You're only 13 or 14. Like, dude, you could be playing somewhere, man. Like, I, I, I yeah, see you, you have a hockey yeah. future. And he's like, to be honest, he goes, to be honest, I don't want to be yelled at by coaches. I don't like that. Mm. I don't want to be playing six or seven times a week. I don't want to be going to power skating classes. I don't want to be going to shooting classes. I don't want to be doing dry land. I just want to play once a week with my friends, and that's it. And you have to respect Dominate. That, right? And freaking dominate. Too. And yeah. dominate. Well, it's hey, that's a big part game. of it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And he does. But that's, that's his choice because at the end of the day, and this is something a lot of parents don't realize, is that – 0 0.001 or whatever the heck the numbers actually make it it's it's crazy to me right and i always find it sad to, uh, to be honest to see players of that level playing in house league because it's like what went wrong this kid could actually really go far but they don't have that drive in them anymore and they don't want to do anything but just the basics and that's that's fine that's totally fine man that's when the sport is still fun for them right and he goes i might not even be playing next year he goes i don't know if yeah. i'll play next year it's crazy yeah it's wild but anyways playoffs are starting i'll have an update we will either it, it's championship or bust for our team. It really is at this point. Of course, the, problem, the top seed. The problem is, LG, is that we've had a target on our backs the entire year since we started like seven or eight and zero. And teams yeah. don't like us. And every team we play, whether they're a team that's barely won, it's like the, it's like their Super Bowl. Seriously, the worst teams in the league <laughs> play their best games against us every single week. It's a complete mm -hmm. nightmare because they go crazy. And, and it's mm -hmm. been actually a real real tough challenge to keep this team sort of focused. And, and understand that but these little motivational yeah. speeches actually motivate them like it's incredible how it works like kids really listen at that age now the next age group of it is like the u18s or the u21s i guarantee you that that's a different story by then kids mm -hmm. kind of don't listen to you especially at that level um mm -hmm. but listen she just wanted to play hockey she's having fun i actually decided yeah. to coach every one of my kids teams until they heard it hit a certain age not just because i love coaching but because I've been thrown out of the stands so many times as a parent, okay? Because <laughs> I cannot stand like incompetent referees that the only yeah. way really that I can stay leveled is if I'm on the, on the bench and where there's something on the line for me 
to, you know, if I, if I get too crazy with referees, I get a penalty or I get kicked out and it hurts the team. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but also I, I said to myself, when I was complaining about other coaches through my son's hockey career, with you know, all my kids' sports careers, I said, wait a minute, they're all volunteers at the end of the day. And I yeah. can't complain about a single one of them if I'm not volunteering yeah. my time to be coaching these teams. So yeah, guess what? You have no right. Control that. I don't know right now. I didn't put my name down to be coach. Yeah. They're not getting paid, right? My yeah. kid's not getting yeah. paid. They're not getting paid. So you know what? That's how they coach. I can't really say anything. I'm getting all pissed off for what? Next year, then I'll put my name down to coach. And here we are, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Wow. Would you would you ever offer a course on coaching youth hockey? Um. Yeah, I mean, oh, he's thought about it. He's thought about it. He's thought about it, man. I've, I've thought about running hockey classes only because, again, in a country like Canada, you know, like a country, sorry, in an, in an area like Toronto, LG, where yeah. something like 80 players in the National Hockey League right now played in the Greater Toronto Hockey League at some point. Mm -hmm. That's a lot that are on rosters mm -hmm. right now. No other league mm -hmm. in the world has more than like one or two. And there's 80 from mm -hmm. Toronto. In a market mm -hmm. like this, I'm telling you right now, from the age of four to 16 or 17 years old, every single parent of every single hockey player who's had any sort of success, and I'm talking scoring a goal when you're like four years old in like a little, you know, you know those games where nobody knows how to play and the kids don't even know how to stand or anything, and you, your kid scored a goal, they think their kid is making it to the pros. It's just a natural feeling for parents. You're like, wow. Of course, kid, yeah, that's what I was saying. They can make it. And they're willing to dish out you know, the wildest money to like learn how to like, you know, skate with a parachute on their back and things like that, like weird stuff like mm -hmm. that, thinking mm -hmm. that that's what's going to take you to the next level. And I've always said, yes, skills are great and all the skill stuff in every sport is great. But if you don't have that drive and determination and you don't have some kind of luck along the way, none of that stuff's going to help you out. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a huge booming business here to run hockey schools. Because every single parent really, really thinks their kid's going to make it. And they really, really think that paying an extra $500 a week to do this extra skating and shooting and all that will make it happen, right? Uh, which is which is wild. So uh, I've thought about that. I love coaching, though. I do it for the passion. At the end of the day, I joke around about, you know, trying to stay out of trouble in the stands. You know, and one time at a lacrosse game, I'll never forget this. And maybe this got me to calm down a bit. So the refs in lacrosse, my son was playing a lacrosse game in Uxbridge, Ontario. And the refs are like, you know, some of them are like 13, 14, 15 years old. If oh, you yeah. play at a young age, they're young. So I was yelling stuff because they were awful. And I was yelling from the top of the stands. He stops the game. He's like, you're out of here. So I walk all the way down where the exit is. And the kid yeah. comes up to the glass where I'm going out. And he goes, I'll see you in the fucking parking lot. To me, the ref. And I'm just like, excuse <laughs> me? Right? I'm serious. He said this to me. What did you but, say? You know, what did you say to the ref? What did you say to the ref for that one? I was yelling from the stands, like, you know, like, that's bullshit. Or I was like, what are you calling? Yeah. Or like, go open your eye. I don't know. I was yelling something from the stands. He yeah. stopped the whole game. He's like, get that guy out of here, whatever. So he threw me out and went all the way down to the glass. <laughs> Told me. I didn't even say a word to him. Looked right at me. He's a yeah. little kid, too. Tiny little kid. Goes, I'll see you in the parking lot. And you know me. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's go. All right, I'm waiting outside. So I fly outside. I mean, by then I'd calmed down. He never came out, obviously. He was just, you know, he knew he could take a shot at me on the way out. But um, yeah, some pretty wild stories, man. Not, I never threw garbage cans and stuff like that. But um you you saw it first your, your, your career's not over man your career's not over your kids are still nah, you know so what i i i, I now have friends who are referees and i kind of respect it a bit more um even mm -hmm. though i go crazy on refs sometimes but there are some bad ones i mean we saw it in pro sports recently there's some terrible calls man like you, you, you look how many times the review is used and and how many mm -hmm. times the reviews or, or the it's calls wrong. are overturned yeah 
or even what they're doing or even what they're doing in the mlb this year right which is where they're gonna have like they signed a deal with zoom (laughs) do you see this so basically if you guys saw this but um the mlb has signed a deal with zoom if you remember zoom that you used when the pandemic started that everybody used and everyone how you spoke to your parents or whatever um for your big family gatherings on zoom for christmas so they have a deal with zoom where the umpires are gonna have a cell phone wired into their ear so they're gonna have like an iphone in their back pocket with the plugged in headphones because and i read this airpods don't last long enough they don't last the length of an mlb game and they're gonna be wired in and the mlb like is gonna use like robo empire like technology to track obviously balls and strikes and they will let the the ump know if it's right or wrong basically like it's oh, <laughs> like so the ump is gonna have like a voice in their ear telling them when they've made the wrong call and other shit like that which oh, is so on. hilarious it's like why even use the ump like then just use like a robot just put like just don't even have anybody their back calls? There. so are you saying the guy's gonna be like sure i don't oh, know actually ball. No man. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I actually, I don't, I don't know what that call is going to do. That's a good question. I don't know how it actually works, unless, unless, yeah. I don't. It's nuts. Yeah. So it's going to make. I'm okay with keeping umpires, but I'm not okay with keeping umpires that are like 90 years old and and missing blatant balls and strikes. And I believe that if they, I truly believe you don't need to bring a computer, but if you keep the purity of the game by keeping the umpires, and you actually kind of monitor what they're doing, and if they don't hit their percentages and get all these calls wrong. Then you start reprimanding them just like any other job and say, listen, you're not doing your job. This is your yeah. percentage. You missed 50% of the calls in that game. It's unacceptable. We're going to put you on probation. We're going to give you another week or two to figure this out. If you continue to do it, we're going to have to move on and, and go with somebody else because some of them oh, do a good still, job, right? What about, I think, I think like, yeah, no, I agree with you. And this is like, you know, a good way to kind of like maybe start to track that. But I still think the bigger problem with umps is like the ones who try and make the games about themselves, right? Like Angel Hernandez or like Scott oh, Foster start. in the NBA. It's just start. like, it's just like a total, dis- like such a disgrace to the game. And now I think a lot of people would argue, be like, well, that's kind of part of the fun. It's like, no, it's not. Like that's, that really sucks. Like I never want to know another referee's name. Like you shouldn't know who the refs are. Like if you know, if you know the refs by their full names like i just did uh, like i just referenced right. i shouldn't know that it's a huge there's a huge problem in the sport if you know who the refs are <laughs> like especially like, 20 okay. years after like the betting scandals and stuff it's like that so, shouldn't be happening anymore th- that's gonna lead into what i want to tell you next because i do want to talk about ben oh. taylor and and, the, and and what happened to fred van vliet and, and my experience yeah. at the raptors game the other night but before that oh, yeah. because you mentioned angel hernandez i want you to go oh, on no. twitter lg and I want you to find my tweet from maybe six, seven years ago when I only had like two or okay. three hundred followers about Angel Hernandez. Write my name and Angel Hernandez. And it's my most okay. viewed ever like video. It had like hundreds of thousands <laughs> of views on it. Chipper Jones, legendary Chipper Jones baseball player, commented yeah. on it to say this is ridiculous. So this is a game oh, that was wow. being played at the this is a game that was being played at the Rogers Center in Toronto. Let me pull it up. Yeah. So it wasn't on many people's radars. You probably couldn't even watch it in the States. So nobody saw what Angel Hernandez did, but he challenged the Blue Jays pitcher to a fight. He's like, you got a problem with what I just called? He's like, come do something about it. No, he walked right towards the pitcher, said, what are you going to do about it? You want to fight? Let's go or something like that. And then the catcher, Russ Martin was like, dude, shut up. All right, here we go. Let's let's take a look at it. Yeah, I remember this. Look at the views on that thing, man. Who's pitching? Who's that? Oh, Hap, Jay Hap. Yeah, yeah. Look, 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 he's mad. He's just talking to himself. So Hap, talking to... Look, Hernandez is looking Hap for a fight. Ball four. 
Hop yeah. thought Fernandez it was is looking for Hap look, thought it was strike so, three. Hold on, Phil, let me describe it. So so Hap Hap so what happens in this is Hap basically <laughs> Yeah, look at Russ. <laughs> Russ Martin. <laughs> Like you what? Like you got a problem? Team. Oh, and Gibby's still there. John Gibbons is still the rat, like, or the, 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 the manager. Like that, yeah. Okay, so basically, for people listening, uh, what happens is Jay Hap throws what he thinks is strike three, uh, and the bases are loaded, two outs. He thinks it's strike three. It's right down the middle. Uh, Angel Hernandez calls it uh, uh, ball four, and Hap just walks off the mound because he thought it was strike three. And just puts his glove over his mouth and clearly is just like talking to himself. Hernandez like steps out from behind the, the catcher, walks like pretty much into the batter's box and just stares right at Jay Hap, like just stares right at him and like kind of taunts him to do something about it. And then Russell Martin walks all the way in front of Angel Hernandez and like looks right at him and is like, what are you doing? <laughs> Meanwhile, also, I like that Pujols is there. So <laughs> Albert yes. Pujols is just like standing there also super confused about like what's happening. This is a game against the Angels. Uh, and then finally, John Gibbons comes out. I wish out. we could um, see Chipper Jones' starts, comment. Uh, he either quote tweeted that. it or he like. Uh, let's see. It should pull up. But Chipper quick. Jones. Oh, was, I can't uh, see the quote tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it. back then, yeah. yeah, maybe they took that away. But yeah, anyways, Chipper Jones, that's when it got real views. When Chipper, like, he, I guess he was, he's an analyst for mm-hmm. whoever. And he tweeted yeah. about it. He goes, this is awful or something like that. And then people were just went yeah. bonkers, right? And, and Angel yeah, Hernandez that. was the one that Roberto Alomar spit on. Do you remember that? <laughs> when Roberto Alomar spit right in his face. Yes, I didn't guy, know man. that that was Angel Hernandez. Yes, but man, I do was. remember that incident. Yeah, He's that's just a that's prick. Like that, that's what, so, you know, I agree, LG, when there's guys like that, it's just like, dude, chill mm-hmm. out, man. You have to be mm-hmm. just as professional as the players, okay? And held to the same standards. And it's a you don't terrible get to, call, you know? too. It's also it like was. a bad it call. Was. Like I don't understand exactly. you be like someone Angel Hernandez who makes regularly makes bad calls, gets into beef with players, and then what do you do? You go home, you watch the tape, and then you're like, "That was the right call." When it's obviously the wrong call. Like, what do you feel good about yourself? Like, it doesn't make it. It's like repressed anger or something like that. Yeah, weird. Phil, man, congrats. Honestly. That is that is your most engaged tweet by far it ever. Really it has like thirty two hundred likes, like a million comments, like nine hundred retweets. Well done, man. You should put you should post more stuff like that. I think people want to see it, you know. And that's well, I think uh, it, it Phil, was Phil, in Canada. Phil was a Twitter so celebrity uh, before before first mint. Phil's a Twitter celebrity before yeah, first mint. There you go. Talking followers about were going MLB nuts at the time. Yeah. Um, um, Phil, so that, we're, that, we're forty yeah. minutes. Hold on, we're forty minutes into the show. <laughs> we haven't talked about NFTs at all, and we're slowly going to make our way to talking about NFTs because first you have a story. Although we've talked for forty minutes about totally other random stories, you have a story about going to the Raptors game last week with Jurassic Pack, which Jurassic Pack, mm-hmm. for anybody who doesn't know, is the uh, Raptors uh, team affiliate, I guess, like an NBA Top Shot team group, right? NBA Top Shot mm-hmm. uh, basically appointed captains for every single team in the NBA and WNBA as well, I think. And those people organized games. I went to a game in Portland to see the Blazers and the Raptors last two months ago, uh, you know, kind of part of that program. So Phil last oh, week had right. tickets to go to a uh, Raptors game with Jurassic pack, which is the name of yes. the Raptors top shot affiliate. Phil, take it from there. Tell us, tell us what happened. So leading up to that game, the excitement was, and I had kind of forgotten about it because I had signed up for this program and won these tickets all the way back. I think in like November or October. And as the season progressed, I'm like, I don't even know when I won tickets. I didn't write it down. I have no clue. So maybe they just gave them away until I, re- I received an email um, from one of the from one of the um, 
guess, staffers at, at Jurassic Pack. Yeah, one captain, of the captains at Jurassic Pack saying, okay. hey, your your game's coming up. Is this where we send the tickets? We'll send them to you. Sorry, cool, man. All right. I put myself down for two. Uh, my kids love going to Raptors games. So I'm like, I'll take my daughter. She loves loves basketball. She loves the Raptors. She loves all the sports teams in Toronto or anything that I love, actually. Awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, nice. And I said, all right. But I said, there, 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 this is like with a group of people that I've actually never met. I know a lot of them online. I've never met them. But, you know, I for me, it was kind of weird because I'm like, are we all sitting together? Are we all in the same section? Is everyone like going to look at each other and be like, hey, are you Jurassic Pack? Like, hello? You yeah. know, like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. You don't so have a hoodie like, or anything what? like that? Like, you don't have a They, they didn't send you a hoodie or hat in Jurassic Park? No, no, no. I, I haven't had yeah, a chance to get one of those. Um, I would okay. love to have one. And I think that'd be really cool. If you go to these things, you have to wear it just to kind of identify. But yeah, you um, rock it. Yeah. So leading up to that game, the excitement was that this was against Oklahoma City Thunder, who have two of the best Canadian players in the NBA. And I was super excited with SGA, Lou Dort. Uh, I was excited to see what the reaction would be because they haven't played here in a long time. And I was excited to see if the fans would recognize them and care that they're Canadian and, and even give them any kind of ovation, right? Because let's be honest, SGA is an all-star and SGA is one of the you know most underrated star players in the league scoring, you know, I think he scores like 31 or 32 points a night. Like, that's crazy. Oh, he's, he's I mean, right? I don't I don't know if he's like as like underrated as he was. Oh, like, I feel really? like he's getting oh, some no, recognition. Like, like the latest like MVP rankings, like he's I think he's in there for this season, like the top 10 regularly. But there's think, nobody like, saying the latest, how good. We're, yeah. No, yeah, well, because no. the Thunder are kind of like an irrelevant team right now. But I don't <laughs> think I, I yeah, I, I, like he will get his day, I think, at one point. But they're building. I'm just saying there's no one saying, fun. oh, man, our team would be way better with SGA. You're just that's not the first guy you think. That's of, fair. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't really know. So. So I'm like, you know what? This is great. Then the news broke that Ben Taylor was going to be one of the referees of this game. OK. And Ben Taylor is the one that Fred Van Vliet came out on the news a couple of weeks ago after a game and said Ben Taylor, specifically Ben Taylor was horrendous tonight and he got fined thirty thousand dollars for talking shit about an official against the and, you know that's right yeah people went nuts like kendrick perkins was like yeah man nobody ever mentions them by name like that was so bold but he's right you know all this stuff like that and other players like marcus yeah. smart were like i'm glad it's uh, fred Van Vliet saying it not me right so he got a lot of support like that and then some were saying well he should just shut up uh, but i'm like man this is gonna be intense why would the nba put ben taylor back on the raptors slate like less than two weeks after this happened like that's kind of weird Right. Like give it a bit more time. So anyways, me being the fan that I am where I love to start like trends at games, I love to start booing. Like sometimes when I feel there's a boo situation, I'll just like put my hands together and start going like Ooh, and see if like the crowd picks up on it. And a people, lot of people are learning do. so much about you today. People are <laughs> learning so much about you as like a person in the stands, either at it. like a minor league hockey game or at like a professional NBA game. I get so angry, man. Like, honestly, but I love booing. Booing is one of my favorite things. And, and I find it so funny. Like when fans boo is the funniest thing. So at the beginning of the game, I get there and I'm like, okay, am I going to walk up these stairs and get to our section and be like, all these people know who I am? You know, like maybe, I don't know. I mean, we're on camera a lot. People know who we are. I mean, I'm not gloating like saying we're celebrities or anything, but people just know it's happened more often than not LG that we know we don't know someone, but they know us. Do you know what I mean? That's just sure. the nature I, I, of being at a NFT type events, and especially something in the Top Shot that's community. Right. I don't think that that's unexpected. Yeah, of course. Like you're going mm -hmm. to the Jurassic Pack. Like if it's people who were in Top Shot right. anytime before recently, like they, there's a chance that they've heard your voice or something like that or been exposed to you. Right. So I didn't know what I was getting into. I'm like, am I going to go up there? And I yeah. was like, oh shit, the real Phil D. Like hi, and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What's yeah. Going on. So 
you know, yeah. walking up the stairs. And earlier in the day, actually, when I was just like kind of waking up, I was working that day too. So I, I had to run to the game after work. Uh, there was a, somebody had tagged, I believe Jurassic Pack Twitter page tagged me into his, a post of someone who was flying from like across the country to come in to watch the game. I'm like, holy shit, there's going to be a massive Jurassic Pack presence at this game. There's people flying in to watch it. I'm like, yo, that's pretty dope, right? Um, and then they tweeted, yeah, you'll be sitting beside a celebrity, the real Phil D. I'm like, oh, shit, right? Like, okay, so this is hilarious. So that, that means other people are going. But I, I never looked into it beyond that. So anyway, so we get yeah. to the game. We're going up. And I think I sent you the picture. But our entire aisle was empty. And I'm like, uh, okay. <laughs> like, I thought, yeah. this is game time. We're like five minutes before the game. Yeah. The anthems have been yeah. played already. There's nobody there. And I'm like, okay, well, this is classic Toronto where people don't show up to like halfway through the game. Seriously. Yeah. So I tweeted in Jurassic Pack. I'm like, um, hello, Jurassic Pack. Where are you? Like, is mm -hmm. there nobody here? Mm -hmm. So then finally, like right as the game's about to start, these guys come beside me. And I'm mm -hmm. looking at them like trying to see like is there like, you know, Jurassic Pack. Like I don't mm -hmm. want to say, hey, Jurassic Pack because like it's not. It's weird, yeah. Right. They're going to be like, yeah. what? Right. So I'm like, okay, hello. No, okay. No, nothing from those guys. No. They sit beside me like four guys. <laughs> absolutely nothing. I'm like, okay, I guess. How did you? Hold on, wait. So, sorry, sorry. Wait, wait. Can you walk me through the interaction of you trying to figure out if these four randoms are, are from the Jurassic Just, Pack or like not? a little bit of eye contact? And then I'm like, like mm -hmm. no, I didn't know what to do. I don't like awkward moments like that. So as much as I can be yeah. like, you know, I'm I'm wild at games, but I'm not going to be like, yeah. yo, are you Jurassic Park? No, I'm, that's not my style, man. I'm just not like, mm -hmm. if you want to say something, say something. I'm not going to say something. So. These guys sat, they didn't look like Jurassic Pack. I've seen a lot of the pictures of, but I told my daughter, she's like, are those the guys that might know you? I'm like, I don't know, because this was such a long time ago that maybe someone gave their tickets away. Like, we don't know what people do with their tickets. Maybe they got tickets to this game for Jurassic Pack. They couldn't go and they sold them or they gave them to somebody else. We just don't know. So I'm trying to identify some clothing or something that I can relate to and be like, hey, you know, you're Jurassic Pack. Cool. Me too. You know, uh, but nothing. Then there's that guy who's coming from Vancouver, but I haven't even looked at the, like, like I said, I just saw this come in on my phone and I saw Jurassic Pack tagging me. This person did not tag me. Jurassic Pack tagged me saying, hey, you're sitting beside a celebrity tonight. Okay. So on the left of us, there's absolutely nobody. The two seats beside us are empty. There's a few people at the beginning of the aisle. I'm like convinced they're not Jurassic Pack. So at this point now, as the aisle is filled up, I'm like, oh shit, we're the only two at this game. Maybe all the seats are spread out. Maybe the guys behind us are Jurassic Pack. I'm lost at this point. Okay, I'm like, I guess maybe nobody's coming. But I, I still have this guy from Vancouver on my mind a little bit because I'm like, but then I realized maybe they meant he's sitting in front of me. So I'm not going to start asking every guy in the section, like, hey, are you that dude from Vancouver? Anyways, long story short, at some point in the second quarter, a couple arrives and sits beside us. I'm sitting on the other side. My daughter's on my left. They sit beside my daughter. All right. I'm I'm super into the game at this point. Okay, Raptors are playing so well. I'm going nuts. I'm I'm man. When they introduce the refs, LG, I'm like, this is amazing. They're gonna introduce the three refs, and people are gonna boo the living crap out of Ben Taylor. They say Ben Taylor. I'm literally the only one booing. I'm like, okay, people do not know anything here. Like, what is this? How could you not go nuts? This guy was on the news forever with Fred Van Vliet. I thought he was gonna get the worst reception ever. Nobody had a clue who Ben Taylor was. I'm like, damn. All right. So. <laughs> I know, I was so pissed, man. I thought we were going to start the oh biggest booing. And you're like, fuck, so, yeah. so upset. Yeah. 
So I'm sitting there and these, these are seats are up all the way up. I mean, Toronto's not like any other city. It's already hard enough to get tickets in Toronto. So it's not like they can get us like court sides or some of the lower bowl seats that you've seen um, in, in some of these other top shot groups like Memphis. You know, I always see, mm-hmm. I always see our good buddy Tridicus sitting like front row or like first five rows at the Memphis games. Okay. You can't do that in Toronto. People care too much about tickets here. No freebies here. Right. You're getting seats. It's premium tickets, be- man. It's premium, premium tickets, tickets going to the Raptors. Man. You it guys really got to understand, is. man. It's like going yeah. to the Raptors or the Maple Leafs in Toronto is like, that's an expensive ass ticket. Going to any NHL or, I mean, there's only one NBA team, but like it's really expensive in Canada. Like it's super, super pricey. You got to price it down to us as well, but also it's like really popular, man. I wish, I wish we had a, I wish I lived in like Nashville where I could go sit in the 10th row for like $15 or something like that. See the Predators, <laughs> but can't. So anyways, yeah, yeah. go on. All right, so game goes on. You know, the guy, this guy, and I assume his partner, his wife, I don't know what it is, arrives. They sit beside us. And whatever. The yeah. Second quarter, LG, this is no longer pregame. I am completely invested in this game. All right? Every little thing I'm booing, every little good play, I'm kind of cheering. I'm just having a good time. I'm chilling in my seat. I know for a fact now that there's no other Jurassic Park or pack people there because the guys beside me, like, no, there's no way they're part of this. They didn't say a word. They just don't look like it. So yeah. whatever. Game goes on. Anyways, game ends, and I'm just like, I did get a, a, a notification in Discord saying, responding to me about me saying there's no one there. Because I put a, posted a picture of the entire aisle empty. I'm like, Jurassic Pack, where are you yeah. at? And yeah. one of the captains responded saying, hey, I'm sure you heard what happened to your buddy um, or something like that. And I'm just like, I don't even know what that means. I'm like, what? Anyway, <laughs> so okay, so game ends. I'm just like, okay, I had told my daughter we might meet a lot of new people tonight, and we ended up meeting nobody. She's like, okay, I guess you knew nobody. I'm like, yeah, no, we didn't know anybody. What a loser. So I was like, <laughs> dad, what a loser. <laughs> I'm just like, yo, like I told us a lot of people might know me and want to talk, and you know, we're gonna be saying hi to a lot of people and show you that. And then turned out to be nobody. Okay. And so then so then I do I not get two days later a notification in discord responding to my picture of there's no one there okay from someone saying that they were sitting right beside me at the game (laughs) and that i did not seem too keen to talk (laughs) (laughs) wait who was it like the people on your daughter's side then yes yes they had come not the dudes yeah okay yeah because i went back and read the tweet he said that they were in the yeah. taxi on the way to the airport from Vancouver, they were going to check into the Airbnb and they were going to come straight to the game and it was yeah. going to be really tight. Okay. Yeah. So, but here's what's funny is on our way home that night, after we were discussing how I knew nobody there, okay, my daughter was like still in yeah. shock. She's like, man, okay. Yeah. She probably thought our dad was going to be like a celebrity at the game. And then no one <laughs> talked to us. She's like, dad, she goes to me in the car. She goes, dad, because I said, I can't believe I didn't meet anybody. She goes, dad, the guy yeah. beside us kept trying to talk to you. And you were ignoring him. I'm like, what? I didn't do that. I did not do that. Like, no, don't tell me that. That's not true. She's like, yes. He said several things to you, and you never responded to him. I'm like, what? Oh, that's not no. no. That's not my style, man. If I hear someone oh, talking, no. I'm like, I don't ignore people, man. You know me. But this is what I don't think what this this gentleman understands is that. Man, when I'm into the game, I'm into the game, and I'm probably so laser focused on that. And I'd already given up on the fact that we were going to see anybody from Jurassic Park. But he goes in the Discord and says, I was sitting right next to you, and you were not keen to talk, which aligns with the story for my daughter that I fully ignored this guy. So I had to respond and say, Man, honestly, I'm sorry. I didn't, like, honestly, did not realize that that was you that had tweeted. I hadn't even seen the original tweet uh, until later. 
And I'm just like, honestly, I got caught up in the game. I don't know, dude. <laughs> what a story, man. <laughs> so I, I could have oh, denied no. the whole thing. But the fact that my daughter, your niece, said in the car, Dad, the guy beside me kept trying to talk to you, and you fully ignored him or something like that. I was like, uh, what, what was I, he saying? What was he saying? I'm just, no looking, I'm just looking in Discord now. A guy is someone named Danwar who has one of those pandas mm-hmm. uh, that Metal yeah, World is selling as his PFP. What what kind of stuff was this person saying? We got to get your daughter on to, to tell us about it. I don't know. That's a great <laughs> what, question. What was being said? Well, look at his tweet, right? He like he, I, he didn't follow. I think he followed me that day too. So I I, I felt bad, man. I'm not gonna lie. I felt kind of bad. I'm like, that's not my style, man. I was actually looking forward to meeting people. So um, I was so invested in the game, and I just I was kind of confused as to why my my kind of vision of how these events work with the Top Shot tickets is that yeah. everyone's there as a group. There's a person from Jurassic Pack there to like take a picture of all of us, yeah. with our T-shirts, yeah. and it's kind of like a more organized event, but I didn't realize that it's yeah. probably just they gave tickets to a ton of games this year. And it's just to give tickets to the community, right? Uh, it's not. An yeah. Well, no, no, that's honestly, hold on. No, 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 no. What you're saying is a fair assumption. Cause even looking at the Jurassic pack Twitter account, there's one from like yesterday that is a uh, great. It says like a great night oh, watching the Raptors with 30 plus Jurassic pack. members. Thanks to Are NBA top shot. Yes, go, a real coast-to-coast week with folks coming from Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and St. John's, and in between wow. to Toronto for the game. And they even they even have a photo with Jack. So it's like <laughs> you got shafted. Phil went oh, to the you, wrong yeah. night. No, I, I didn't because I'm happy with OKC. I really was. Like I was super excited. Yeah. The seats weren't the best, but you know what? Every seat yeah. in that arena is really good for basketball. Man, and but I was disappointed because I I love social aspect of things. You know this. My favorite thing is in real person. Yeah. You know, and to be told that I was ignoring somebody when I'm just like, what? And I didn't at first. I'm like, what are you talking about to my daughter? And she's like, yeah, the guy kept trying to say stuff to you. You were ignoring him. I'm like, what? No, I didn't do that. That's not me, right? And then he tweet and then he Discord messages that like, dude, no. So I don't know. I felt bad because he came from Vancouver, man. It's not like he just came from down the street. Like, and someone's like, yeah, hopefully the real Philly welcomes you well. But like, I had given up on meeting anybody. Like he arrived very late at the game. Like he came, we're talking like close to halftime. So I didn't think anything of it when those two people came up. Right. I was just like, I, oh I didn't my think about God. that. Yeah. He I'm just looking at his man. photos now on Twitter. So yeah. So Mr. Snap, Mr. Danwar. Yeah. Uh, put a whole post up that's like, thank you for Jurassic, thank you, Jurassic Pack and Top Shot for really? the experience last night. It's him and his lady at the game, munching down. No photos with <laughs> no photos, no mentions of the real Phil D. Wow. Oh, what but he did say, hold on, wait, he did say, despite losing my phone, we still managed to get it in time for the second oh. quarter for the win. So there were some complications there. Oh, uh, maybe shoot. he wasn't able to text you to make sure it was you. Also, quickly, oh, if you scroll man. through this guy's timeline and you go a little bit further back on March 5th, he tweets at Devin Booker saying, how about you win something rather than just talk when you're up? You're a great A bitch. <laughs> <laughs> are you see, serious? Sounds like your kind of guy. Sounds like your kind oh, of guy, Phil man. D. This sounds, it sounds like you and Dan Warr could have been really good friends. Maybe got I, some drinks after or something like that. I was disappointed because that's just not me. Like, I'm not like that. Like me, I, man, I'll talk to anybody. Like, honestly, not, and that for me, the social aspect was what I was looking forward to. I was like, I had seen all these mm-hmm. Top Shots events, and I and you said they posted one yesterday. That's what I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I was expecting exactly mm-hmm. that kind of a event. huge where crew, a meet and greet with right. Phil D. <laughs> where the, like one of the captains is always there at every game to like kind of connect people or something uh-huh. like that, right? That's what I was mm-hmm. expecting. And then when I knew nobody around and nobody looked like they were from Jurassic Park, I was like, okay, maybe they just had oh, seats all over funny. the arena. I don't know, man. 
Like, I just wasn't expecting it. But what a story. So when I, I so when I went to Portland, so I'll tell you my experience. It was very different. I'm not there's no I'm not trying to make a point or anything here, but I'll give you my experience of going to the only event like that that I've gone to. So this event in Portland, this was a big deal because because the closest NBA team to where I live and like near Vancouver, the West Coast of Canada, is Portland. It's like a six hour drive, two hours at the border sometimes. So it's it's still it's still like a hike to get there. It's super far. Um, there's no team in Seattle anymore and obviously not in Vancouver either. So anyways, we went, it was like the last weekend of January. Very rarely do the Raptors play on like a weekend. They always, the one day a year that they come to Portland, it's always like a crappy Tuesday night in February, March. So they were finally there on a Saturday. So both team captains organized this huge thing. Um, but Phil D there was an event at a bar beforehand and then everybody was going to go to the game together. And you know, I, I never know what to expect because I'm like, yeah, maybe maybe people know me. It'd be cool if they do. And easy way to kind of start a conversation if they already know who I am. Rather just kind of like awkward intro. I'll be like, oh, well, you know, tell me who you are. And let's, let's talk about Top Shot or NFTs or whatever. And I went to the bar beforehand and like, I don't know. This is like a weird thing, but I, I, I know I didn't really meet anybody. And I couldn't even tell. This is like the main fan bar for the Blazers. So I couldn't even tell who was there to be part of this game because it was Blazers and Raptors fans. And obviously the city is inundated with Raptors fans at this point, because that's anywhere, anywhere you live with Toronto or uh, Canadian sports fans can come there. It will get it annihilated. If you live in Seattle, when the blue Jays play the Mariners, it's nothing but blue Jays jerseys. Like we'll show up um, anyway. So I'm at the bar and I, I like, I'm like, I don't really know anybody. Uh, I know uh, James Dylan bond. Who's the captain. But otherwise, I, I don't really see anybody. I see Oliver from Cameo, who used to run Cameo Pass. So I chat with him because I know him. But otherwise, but I can kind of feel like I'm like, do do people know me, or is, that, or is it just like we are so you and I are so in the top shot of the past that like no one even knows who we are anymore, yes, which is fine. Most um, so I'm like, okay, cool. I see Alexo, right? Who's like we're the biggest collector oh, wow. in Top Shot, basically. So I, I chat with him uh, a little bit, and uh, and then we all go to the game. And we're sitting at the game and I've met a few, I've met a few people at this point, other Raptors fans that are part of Jurassic pack that I kind of knew beforehand. So I, I, I've met them and I'm chatting with them and then I'm not even kidding you. Like no, nobody really approached me until like the fourth quarter and someone taps my shoulder and it's the guy who's been sitting behind me the entire game is sitting behind wow. me for two hours. I was at the bar with me for like an hour beforehand that I don't know if I've spoken to them. I just like, I'm like, they're just in our group, right? Cause just in this, we're in this huge group. Like you were expecting. And again, at this point, no one has really like been like LG. I love first mint. Like nobody said anything to me <laughs> knowing me as LG. This guy taps on my shoulder and he's like, I'll just want to say, you know, I was a big fan back in the day and you know, a lot of respect for what you do. And I'm like, Oh, oh like, <laughs> you've been sitting behind me for like three hours <laughs> waiting oh, to say bizarre, that. Man. That well, no, weird. I was like, I was like, Oh, you could have talked to me like at any point, but it was nice. I'm glad he said hi. And uh, anyways, and, and so I thought that was kind of funny. So I don't know. It kind of maybe like a kind of a weird thing uh, for yeah, people to say, because Phil, it's not like, you know, you and I are not like, it's not like we're NBA players and like people walk down the street. Like, no, Holy you're shit, right. Really? You're right. But it, so we're not, I wouldn't, we're not in, on the, Watch to earn NCAA site where maybe we're listed as celebrities. We're nowhere near that level. Just a little bit known in the community, maybe. Um, so, anyways, anybody out there, you see us in public. That's I say the lesson here is you see us in public, please say hi. Phil is done. If you Phil is with his daughter, please run after Phil like he's the biggest celebrity. He's gonna love it. His daughter is gonna think it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she's lecturing me about ignoring public, the guy beside me. Like, come on, man. I didn't do that. <laughs> Seriously. But here's, if you here's guys the worst see part, anybody in Toronto, you see Phil D, 
at Tim Hortons or gassing up at Esso or Petro Canada, or you see him at the Blue Jays game this summer or anywhere, or you see him at a hockey game beating the shit out of a referee, please say hello and ask him for an autograph. He'll really appreciate it. There is actually a an infamous selfie of Arsenic and I at a hockey rink in Quebec. And yes. it's never saved to my phone because I was on, like, I had too much, no memory to save the, the picture. So the picture actually went to waste. He's like, yo, dude, post it or send it to me. I'm like, I can't find it. It's not in here or whatever the hell the story was. Yeah, I have it was it. awful, man. I have it. It was it. terrible. I have it somewhere. Or whatever the hell it was. But it. It, it's going to be in our, like, text text message history because you sent it to me. That's so good. Maybe. Whatever. Right. Anyways, Phil, but, okay, you literally. What, one no, more thing. Go ahead. Yeah, you know what? Delay this more. Yeah. Icing, icing on the cake here is that the one of the captains came in after in the Discord mm-hmm. to respond to my message and said we actually had a whole section of seats for that game. So I'm still like just like, so you're telling me all these people to my right were from Jurassic <laughs> Pack? Or was it the people yeah. behind me? Was it the people on the other side of me? Like, I still don't know who they were. So I think there needs to be something to identify, um, you know, who's going to be at the games because that that is part of the community. It's not just show up. They everyone sit there and talk to each other, right? They need to get you back out to another game, and I'll run the show for that. You are the guys, Jurassic Pack. Please make sure that Phil is the center of attention. Whatever it is, (laughs) next event, okay, like season finale, play-in game. Please bring Phil to the play-in game. The Raptors are going to play, I don't know, the Bulls or something in the play-in game. Please make sure that Phil is the – and that Phil D is there and that everybody is watching Phil D the whole time, okay? I thought we were going to get at least a mention, like on the Jumbotron, saying like, welcome these groups. And it was all like happy birthday, <laughs> happy birthday, Uncle Sid, and like shit like that. Yeah, no, no mentions <laughs> of Jurassic Park. I'm like, okay, I'm really wow. lost now. We might be in the wrong seats. I don't even know. So yeah, I, oh you know, to that gentleman, I did not mean to ignore you. I don't have to DM you to tell you that. That'd be also weird. But I did respond mm-hmm. in the Discord saying, "Man, I'm sorry. I don't know. I never heard any. Heard you say anything. I don't know what he you could wrote have said a nice long message back. Yeah, you wrote a. You said, I did because oh, I felt man, bad. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize anyone was there. I don't think anybody was talking to me. Like I said to my daughter, why don't you like nudge me? If someone's talking to me and I'm not answering, why are you not nudging me? So no, you're definitely mm-hmm. you know exaggerating as well. So it couldn't have been mm-hmm. that bad. But, mm-hmm. but she did mention yeah. before I said anything. So yep. Man, this is this is our longest non-NFT intro <laughs> that we've ever had on the show. We've been talking for Big an hour and three minutes. Yeah, if you're if you may or if you if because I gotta tell I'm gonna warn people in the intro that this happens. So if you're just joining at this point now, uh the hour and three minute mark or or plus the intro minutes, whatever it is, uh welcome, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> welcome to the first men podcast. Welcome we talk about <laughs> sports, NFTs, and metaverse and all that kind of stuff. We have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, if you want to listen to amazing personal stories and personal opinions about the NCAA. Uh, youth hockey in Toronto, uh, why refs suck across uh, minor hockey and the MLB, baseball. as well as what it what it feels like to be an NFT celebrity. Listen to the pre prior 63 minutes. But now we're actually going to talk about NFTs. Uh, Phil Deep, there is uh, a, there. I mean, there's there's kind of a lot of stuff going on right now, but there's also not a lot of stuff going on right now because there's uh, mm-hmm. some of the some there's things go on as usual, but it is kind of a weird time in sports, as you know. Because it's honestly all eyes are on March Madness. All all betting is on March Madness. We're we're far removed from the NFL season that no one really cares about NFL and still distant enough from the draft 
uh, where we haven't even, you know, there's still, there, we're still waiting another like four or five weeks until we can actually start talking about that. So it's kind of a whole March madness consumes everything. MLB or NBA, NHL, honestly, just kind of waiting for playoffs at this point. MLB still 10 days away from actually starting. So we're kind of in this void, especially in these couple days before March Madness. There's no golf tournaments or anything. So it's kind of it's kind of a dead time right now. And you know what is happening during that dead time, Phil D? Top shot <laughs> is still dropping packs. So for the third week Ooh. in a row, you know, after a scarcity matters, all that kind of stuff, top shot is dropping packs. Uh, they are releasing more metallic gold packs. And way back in the first week of March, they dropped some MGLE packs, premium packs, uh, where they sold. I, I, I just have the revenue numbers here. They pulled in 450K. I don't know why I'm focusing on revenue, but I think, oh, I think it's wow. just important. To, it's important to show that at this point in the timeline, Top Shot is still uh, you know, making money. It, despite everything that's happening in the economy, the crypto and everything, Top Shot is still finding a way to, to, to make money. So 450K on that uh, MGLE pack drop from a couple weeks ago last week's hot packs xl which i totally missed i didn't even know they're like i knew they were happening but then i woke up or, or whatever i just i just went about my day and then and then later on people were saying they got the packs i didn't even get a chance to get them uh they sold those they made 560k and this week they are set to make 370k with this drop so top shot pulling in like a cool 1.2 million of money coming in from people extracting from the ecosystem how dare you Phil D, question question for you. Another thing, I just pointed that out. Uh, uh, and also, sorry, the other thing to, to note as well is that in our weekly standings of volume, where we track like basically uh, how much volume is going across the NFT sports ecosystem, we don't have DraftKings data, but I think it'd be pretty big if we did. Uh, Top Shot is regularly second place. So rare soccer is like a million light is like light years, light years so far ahead of everybody else. But Top Shot is consistently second place doing about like, I don't know, like five to seven hundred K per week of volume holding steady there. However, the market cap is down as per own the moment to two hundred and fifty million, which it hovered around three seventy for a long time. But I think it's taken some hits in the last little bit. So values are down across the board. Top Shot still taking a million out of the economy, adding millions of new moments. And today, Phil D, they announced merch. Two twenty five hundred collectors are going to get NBA Top Shot debut T shirt. T shirts. You Be honest, raffled. Did today. you fill out the form? No. Why not? Are we this? Did you? Are we? Yeah, immediately. When I get these emails or these tweets, because I have a lot of tweet notifications, and I see a form that you need to fill out, that you know, even if they tell you you got until April first, I fill them out right away, man. Like right away, mm -hmm. I was I was in there. You know what I really struggle with is my Discord. I didn't ask this for this one, but my Discord name. There's not one time where I fill out a form that's connected to Discord or whatever. I don't that I don't go back to Discord. Have to go into my profile and click that copy like Discord name. I don't know what it is. I just can't memorize it. But you I got those extra it. digits in there. You can change. You can change it. Yeah, I know, it. but like it's like I, the real Phil D, and then it's like a four yeah. four random numbers. You can change right. it to zero 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 one. Know. You know that. Like you can just you can just I change it. That. It'll take no. you. It'll take you five seconds. Honestly, you can go <laughs> into your Discord. Pro okay, so for anybody who doesn't know, we have to often <laughs> memorize your Discord ID to then put. I'm oh. oh, sorry, Discord ID is a different thing. It's like a unique like long code, but your Discord name. You can actually change it. It doesn't have to be the random four numbers that's put after your Discord name. You could actually change it to zero zero one. A lot of people have that, blah, blah, uh, including blah. Roham. So, anyways, uh, Phil, Phil, Phil learned something new. Anyways, uh, Phil D, are you? Do you go for these pack drops from these these simple ones? Drop the sixty nine dollars this week for an MGLE pack. Uh, I think there's a Lamelo in there, and I think he's out for a while, anyways. But 
mm-hmm. um, some star players naturally. Do you go for these and go for like a quick flip? What's your strategy? I don't. No, I never do. I almost never go for pack drops. I know they've kind of trying to throw some incentive in there by having those, you know, those challenges for the badges and all that, where you have to buy a pack to kind of get like to the next level. Mm-hmm. I don't fall for that. I used to fall for that, but I'm like, those badges are giving, they don't do shit. Like, I don't even know what those are for. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I went crazy for them the first couple of weeks and because they the came tags, out at the same the tags. tags so, yeah, so the those tags. tags came out at the same time as the LeBron got his record, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to yeah, do all these things yeah. to get those. And I was going nuts, man. I was buying stuff. I was doing, then I'm just like, wait, this isn't another one of those where these tags are going to be talked about in like a year or two and they're just not worth anything. Like, they're not, I don't even know what they do, man. Like, honestly, I don't, I don't care. Um, but no, because I have a specific collecting strategy and I've stuck to it now for over a year, mm-hmm. I will continue to do that. I don't want to, I know I could hit a jackpot with one of the packs, mm-hmm. but I'm beyond playing those types of games, especially with that many packs. Mm-hmm. If it was something like there's only 500 packs, oh, hell yeah. I'm, I'm in for something like mm-hmm. that. If I get one, I get one. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't. But for me, because I'm specifically collecting Canadian basketball players, Raptors players, and certain sets, mm-hmm. I'd much mm-hmm. rather head to the marketplace and spend that $25 on like 10 or 12 moments that I want and that I'm trying to collect as opposed to trying to mm-hmm. sell stuff I don't want or burning them or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's my strategy. So I know I, I don't buy the packs, but I continue to say this because during the Roham AMA, that text-based AMA, with all the people yeah. losing their minds, I'm yeah. like, two things. You're still here, okay? So you obviously care. Don't tell me you don't care. Don't tell me you're done with Top Shot. If you're still in these mm-hmm. AMAs and chats, you still care. And second of all, if you're really that upset, and I love that you read the figures because some people just don't realize how much money Dapper brings in with some of these packs. If you don't like it, stop buying the damn packs. Just do it. Okay, then you can't be mad. You'll never be mad if you don't buy the packs because there's nothing to get mad at. Okay, but people still buy them. There's a fear of missing out out there where people are just like, man, there's packs. I need to get my hands on these no matter what. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's yeah for years. Yeah, right. I've said it for years. Every time there was a big drop on Top Shot, like when they started really going downhill, I was like, dude, Dapper is bringing in like one point four million on this drop. That infuriates people. That infuriates me, mm-hmm. right? I'm just like, man, that is wild. I wish I could do that. I need to drop packs, right? Then I'll be good. But, you know, 400K is still a lot of money. We're talking US dollars here. And they're a Canadian company. Yeah. Making yeah. big cash, man. Yeah, dealing mainly in US. But yeah, like I think it's. I think that this part's like a really interesting part. This is something I've been trying to figure out on in terms of how I feel about it, like emotionally and as like a quasi-collector, but also somebody who honestly like, and I've said this many, many times, it's, you know, the NFT market is, is, is largely about making money. A lot of people say something else and a lot of people, yes, I'm sure on top shot, a lot of the, you know, true maxis are, are sure here to actually collect. But at the end of the day, even if you're here to collect, nobody likes the idea of buying, you know, filling spending $500 in your collection. And then two months later, it's worth half of what it was. And that's like often been the story here. I know a lot of people say like, well, that doesn't matter. It's money I put in and I didn't expect to get back. But I do think that we're kind of crossing this very strange territory now with things like Top Shot and All Day and, and Candy, which we'll talk about in a minute in terms of like collectibles, right? Is that what what exactly is the long-term mission there? Because what these companies do, what Top Shot does is like release moments and then give them utility and then find more ways over time for them to have more utility. Like you have leaderboards and stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? And 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 uh, score to win or so that you can get new packs and, and a variety of other kind of little schemes like that. But it's it's still 
it's still relatively to me kind of basic. Like, like the product hasn't evolved beyond that. And a lot of the other uh, collectible products are based on some variants of that same scheme. A lot of people don't like that because initially Top Shot was about making a fuck ton of money, right? If you were here early like me and a lot of other people, it's like, great, well, you're buying Jokic for a dollar back in September 2020. And then he was worth now that same moment's worth, you know, a thousand bucks even now, right? So it's kind of like what I'm trying to say is that I think now that we're in the bear market, things have slowed down. Top Shot is still selling packs, still bringing in money, still releasing things like their mobile app, which took a lot of work. And I, I do want to ask you about that in a second, whether that actually matters to you or not. Um, I do wonder at what point we have to give up on looking at this stuff as having any value whatsoever, like at, at all. Mm -hmm. And I mean that in the way that it's like, if you really want to make these collectibles, every pack of collectibles that people have ever bought purely for like the collecting experience of like, I want to, I, I want to fill up my binder of cards or whatever, mm -hmm. not, not where they're buying cards to try and pull the rarest ones like you're trying to pull like the charizard pokemon or whatever like no 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 no. you're buying because you love like go back to being kids right we'd buy packs of cards if you get a rare or hollow or whatever that was fun but you mainly did it to accumulate so that you have like this massive collection and you have all of them right you trade with your friends if you look at it from that standpoint i think them continuing to release supply actually kind of makes sense for the product that it is not for being a cool nft project where you know there's always there's going to be this big surge one day and everybody's going to want it all that kind of stuff not for those purposes not like where you're talking apes and all the other stuff but for if you look at it as purely a collectible product that is like you collect these and you accumulate and that's the game the value is that you you have them and you stare at them and maybe someday in the future there something's worth more but you're not doing it for that reason you're doing it because you'll always buy packs then it actually kind of makes sense like I think a lot of the detractors like you and me and people like the extreme people like AG or Poker Pro Eric or whatever, um, I think we're always going to come at it as like, hey, how dare you keep taking money from collectors? Uh, you know, you're robbing us, blah, 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 blah. Like this is what a shit product. You're not making anything worth anything. These aren't scarce. But a true card collectible product releases supply forever. That's that's how these products work. Like Pokemon probably still puts out cards. Nothing's worth as much as the original ones, like the freaking Charizards and the Squirtles and all that kind of shit. But they probably still release supply. And there are fans who want it no matter what. And those fans, they don't want to make money off of it. That's not the point. They just want the new supply because it's bright and shiny. And I think that's how they sell at these packs. I think they've kind of whittled down the audience to people that are it's like, yeah, I'll buy some more. I like it. And that's and that's fucking simple. There's no like, does it make money? Whatever. Like, no, 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 no. They, 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 and, and you see this often, Phil. We see people tweet about this. You've probably seen Jurassic Pack or even in First Mint Discord. People are like, I've been saving up and I finally bought the grail moment I wanted. Lamello mm -hmm. debut. You know what I mean? Like people say yeah, that, like yeah. they just want to have it. So I actually think it's like a, both a negative and a positive where it's like, well, more and more you have things like Top Shot that are detaching from what makes NFTs really special, which is the fact that it's like this super intense, crazy ass market of like funny culture cartoons and all that kind of shit. Like Top Shot is detaching from that, but also kind of staking its claim as being like, hey, well, this is just a collectible. We're going to keep putting product out every year. We're going to decide what product is out there. We're going to add a little bit of utility that gives you fun things like leaderboards and merch and all that and experiences going to games and stuff like that. But otherwise, you're buying this because you think this shit's cool and don't expect anything else. I don't know. You, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? That is kind of crossing into the part of like the true collectors. I don't think actually care long-term if it's worth anything and will show up and buy as many packs as they can every time. 
They do. And, you know, another good comparison is like Panini sticker books still exist. Yes, they do. Yes, they do for baseball. Yes, they do for hockey. They do for basketball. And I see them at like Shoppers Drug Mart here in, in, in Canada. And I'm just like, who the hell buys these men? Like, we used to buy these as kids. Like, is there anyone? Mm-hmm. I mean, they must be being bought by somebody because they're still in the stores 20, 25 years later from when we mm-hmm. own them. And these companies don't seem to care. They're just rolling them out for their, their no. usual group of collectors or whoever it is. Yeah. I mean, a pack of stickers used to cost like 50 cents. Now it's like two bucks or whatever the hell it is. But, yeah. you know, um, but yeah, no, that, that goes back to that point. And for me, it's I'm really, really, really settled in with my collecting ways where I will open live token once in a while just to see, you know, what my stuff is worth. But I'll never care if it's in like the negative. I just don't because... Mm-hmm. When I collect now, I collect to keep, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it goes to zero. And that's what I'm that's, happy that's what, what I'm saying. Own, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm just happy at this point. I, I'm way past the profit era. I'm way past. But that's the problem, LG, is that a lot of people came into the space and got into Top Shot during the profit era. So they maybe don't have a background of collecting cards. And if that's how your journey started, it's kind of what you were groomed to do in in the space, and that's the problem, right? Um, yeah. A lot of non-actual well, collectors yeah. came into the space, right? Tons. Well, and, and also, and also the space, the space is small. All of NFTs is super small. I actually find it funny. I've been, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, like how many content outlets there are for NFTs, right? Because when first mint started, there was nobody. <laughs> there was no other. There's no yeah. other podcast about NFTs. There was a few here and there, but they're from but, the old era. There's for like context. LG called. texted yeah. me. He's like, "There's two others coming out soon for for Top Shot, and I need to get out before them and crush them." And he did. So, just to let you know, these were the pre-first episode days when LG revealed his big plan to me. Like, but they were about before. Top Shot. And he's like, "There's two Shut others up. coming out that I know of, and I need to crush them, absolutely crush them." Do we Shut know who up. those two uh, are? Top Top Shot Hour by Wade's. Wow, is that what it was? It was Wade's. I did yes. not know. Yes. That. Wow. So actually, so I just went. So okay. Side note: I just side yeah, tangent. Sorry. I just went on a. I just did a podcast with Dumbo with luke because he does a flow oh, podcast yeah. now where he asked me like my origin story so i actually told that whole story <laughs> on that podcast if you want to go oh, listen wow. but basically that. that i was looking to do some content because i i just wanted to get my name out there i just wanted to do something right and and i was super passionate about top shot then and it was like the end of 2020 and i messaged uzman who's community manager for top shot at the time and i was like uzman you know what like i tried doing a fantasy game and all this shit like i think i'm gonna land on you know i think i'm just gonna do a podcast and he's like you should talk to wades about uh doing a podcast because i heard he's doing one and i messaged wades and I was like, Wade's, um, you know, I heard you're doing a show. Maybe we could team up or something like that. You know, like, just let me know what the deal is. Goes to me, never responded. And then like a couple, <laughs> like a week later, I like, I was like, okay, I got to do this now. And I went out and put out, uh, you know, I, I went and got a, a microphone one night, ran at Best Buy, made the show, put it out the next morning. I put out there like, Usman, here it is. And at the same time, Wade's put out his show. And so did a, a, another one called The Burn. Uh, which also d- didn't last that long, but um, and Roham tweeted about all three of them. There's oh, a tweet from man. Roham where you go back. He's like three three podcasts about Top Shot. Oh my god, what a what a what a delight! And this is like January 6th or something like that, 2021. So, 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 so anyways, what I'm saying, what I said, LG said yeah, he would yeah. crush them, and LG crushed them both out of this universe. So you know, Top Shot hours turn into a Discord called Squanchland that I'm in. So I'd say that that they're still crushing. Is that it what it is? Um, that turned into yes, man, yes. Yes, Squanchland, which is, I don't know, wow. Squanchland has a mixed reputation in the space of some people call it an alpha group, some people call it a pump and dump group. Uh, I call it a really nice group of people. There's a, there's a lot of big names in there, like Corporate Trash, it's Swicky, Usman's in there, 
uh, a lot of different people in there. Um, so anyways, shout out Squanchland, but that's what Top Shot Hour turned into was kind of like a little wow, group. I did of, not know of, that. Of, of friendly people who a uh, history can, lesson uh, share nice. some tips and, and, and have a good time every day. Anyways, going back, what I was saying is that I find it funny. I, I don't think the NFT market is that big, right? Because we're talking like 10 to $15 million traded every day, which is big. Don't get me wrong. It's crazy that there's that much liquidity in the NFT market, but the total cap on it is like 10 to $15 billion, which like I said a couple weeks ago is only like 1% of the, of the total crypto market cap. It's obviously the most interesting part of crypto because we're all here and it's something that's, you know, DeFi is super boring and complex, whereas like, you know, NBA videos and pictures of apes is super fun. What I was saying is that what is popular in the main NFT space is like basically whatever's on the front page of OpenSea, like whatever the latest, like, ooh, like that is such a cool, like generative art project. Ooh la la, they're doing something so fancy, which is how art works. It's like whatever the tastemakers are like, ooh, that's good. Yes, let's get it. You know what I mean? So that's popular. And then also like apes, which is a, literally 80% of NFT volume, like every day is some kind of something that Yuga owns because they also have uh, punks now because they bought crypto punks last year. So at the end of the day, it's like the sports part isn't cool, which is kind of funny because generally like, you know, sports like the jocks and stuff would be like the cool kids in high school. But in the NFT world, we're not. You know what I mean? Like talk about Top Shot. Doesn't matter if Top Shot's doing 500K a week, if it's if some of it's booming or whatever or so rare or DraftKings, that shit just isn't cool. And I think it's because not it not only are those was the days of top shot booming is completely gone that's not going to happen again but also it's a different product yes it's it, if anything i would say you could argue um that things like top shot like the collectible on-chain products that are like league based i would actually argue that that's almost more of an advanced product over the rest of the nft market the rest of the nft market you're trading trends you're trading freaking dinosaurs and and freaking checks and all this different fun different weird new shit that's coming out in the future, a lot of very day-to-day -day -day mainstream products will be on-chain, will be things that are traded as, not necessarily traded, but that are used as NFTs. Um, even go further, you know, it doesn't have to be collectibles. It can be like bus tickets, uh, you, you know, your ticket to the Raptors game. All that stuff will be NFTs. If you truly believe in the space, all of that stuff will be NFTs. And I would actually say that the sports world is actually further, far ahead in terms of having a lot of this stuff be on-chain but it just, but it doesn't mean that it's that sexy, right? So it's right. something like sports card collecting is not very sexy. Like not a lot of people think that sports card collecting is that cool. Maybe a lot of people in our corner do. They came from that world. They really want to get a, you know, PSA 10 freaking Luca rookie card or some shit like that. But that's not like you're a super nerd if you like that kind of stuff. Top Shot, the other collections, they've taken that, made it NFTs. But at the end of the day, the way those businesses work is they keep releasing product and the community assigns the value of what they think is important, you know, and it's often and that's why bringing all the way that back to like, that's why I collect rookies because <laughs> to me, I'm like, well, whatever, like, like they're going to keep releasing stuff like, listen, next year, next year, it's series five. Everyone's gonna be like, you have yeah. to cut supply and they're and Top Shot's going to come out and say like, OK, here's what we did wrong in series four. Here's what we're going to do right in series five. We're going to regulate supply. And then two weeks later, they'll be like, anyways, here's 40,000 base moments, you know, or whatever it is they're going to do. Here's some other parallel style thing. Buy some packs. It's going to be the same thing every year. And I think people have accepted that at this point. What I'm saying is that I don't think that that's a bad thing. We just have, we just cannot look at it 
as, hey, why isn't Top Shot booming like the latest apes drop? No, no, that's not even, that's not apples to apples. It's not apples to oranges. No it's literally what, like ap apples yeah. to freaking chairs, man. Like it's a completely different thing. It's just the part where they're on NF, they are NFTs and they're on chain that groups them together for now. But as more things in the world go on chain and become NFTs, mm -hmm. they will grow further apart. Cause I actually think that like sports collectible NFTs, and normal collectible NFTs of like art and apes and all that kind of stuff, I actually think that they belong very, very, very far apart. Mm -hmm. Our world's just not big enough for them to be that far apart yet. Right. I agree. Yeah, that's right. No, big no. fucking oh, rant. Really? We heard we heard full <laughs> sports stories. Now it's my turn to fucking talk for I, half an hour. I usually have something to say <laughs> to respond to that, but I agree. I totally agree. And you know, uh, let's I, jump. I think let's, it, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I think it's it's you know, I think a lot of the collectors that are still there, kind of like me and you, is, is just you're enjoying what you're collecting at this point. You will bitch here and there about what's going on and, you know, about things that laws value and all that. But we're, we're, man, when you think about it, we are, what, two years now and a few months into this, right? Think about that. That's a long time ago now. This Top Shot boom was over two years ago. So if you've made it this far now, there's no way that your expectations are anywhere near what they used to be. Um, I know some people still have resentment and they still come out of the woodwork just to complain sometimes, but man, I'm still having a great time. Like I don't have time to always keep up like I used to. And I don't like, I'm, mm -hmm. I just check now. And like, there's a challenge for that spotlight set. I'm like, Oh shit. I didn't even enter that or finish it yet. So I didn't even see it. Cause I don't check every day anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. But and that's know, okay. And that's, and that's, and that's totally fine. Like, I think it's okay to not check every day, but at the end of the day, like, listen, it still has four to 5,000 buyers on there every week that's not a lot like i've said many times if you're a big tech product mm -hmm. which dapper is a big tech company that's nowhere near being uh, a success right like you need millions of users that's what top shots trying to do i don't think it's going to happen with the product that exists right now but what i am saying is that the product that exists right now in terms of like the traditional collecting sense i think is kind of finished like i think that this makes yeah. sense i just think that top shots plan if you you know when you listen to roham talk whether you believe him or not he's talking about the currency of fandom they have an app now that is so 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 but like they're they have a deal with Ticketmaster where they're going to make tickets to every game and that's not this year that's not next year but that's going to matter in five years probably so i think that this is like you know you know what phil do you remember when when uh jacob used to say that they're in the bottom of the first inning do you remember that yeah, do you remember yeah, how yeah, often he used to yeah. say that i think like I still kind of believe in that, but not as in this current, like, hey, buy some packs and collect your favorite players. Like that part's not in the bottom of the first inning. That game, no. that that's like we're at the end of the game there. Like that's that is what it is. I just think that as a platform that they have they I hope they have the license to build beyond packs yes. of digital collectibles in terms of them being more part of the NBA experience. This is the part that you kind of have to wait for. And at the end of the day, it's the it's the NBA. It's not going to happen overnight again. And, and I think and something another thing I told somebody, I think it was on Luke's podcast too. you know, I really want to normalize having a middle opinion, right? Where it's like now, you know, a lot of people might be listening to this and be like, LG, what the fuck? I thought you hated Top Shot. And then other people might listen to this and be like, oh, now LG is likes Top Shot again. Oh, God. Or like, or other people might listen to it. And yeah, be like, yeah. I got oh, that you guys too. are such Top Shot maxis. Why don't you come over to real oh, NFTs man. and trade some real shit with the rest of us? You know what I mean? And I do all that. What I'm saying is I think it's really important to have a middle opinion where I can say that it's like long term. I think there's a lot of really great stuff here. The collectibles market is a giant global market, but it's okay to critique day-to-day -day moves when you don't agree with them and that it's okay to do to do both and neither it doesn't have to you don't have to pick a side all the time you know what i mean so totally agree, that's all man. i put out there absolutely
Yeah, just a hobby. Uh, Phil D, speaking of collectibles, I do want to talk MLB before uh, we get too long in the tooth here. But uh, very quick, I'm working on a podcast um, about MLB that has nothing to do with so rare or candy. It's about MLB champions, which is a project that a lot of people may have heard of. They are these really freaky MLB bobbleheads that go all the way back to 2018. They were distributed at a Dodgers game. Like literally you went to the Dodgers game and they gave you like a little credit card that had a code on it that you'd go and enter online and it would give you the NFT. They called them digital collectibles back then. Uh, I mean, I'm working on a show where I'm going to interview the founder of the company that started those lucid site, as well as the founder of crypto slam uh, who named the website crypto slam. If you've been there, he named it crypto slam because he loved MLB champions so much. So crypto (laughs) slam is actually a baseball themed website. So it's not going to come out this week, but it will come out next week. Um, And already just from chatting with them, uh, I haven't interviewed them yet or recorded, but even from chatting with them beforehand, there are some really insane stories about how they got the MLB to release NFTs before like, yeah, like anybody knew what NFTs were. Uh, and a little surprise I didn't know about, they actually had a mobile app. ML- MLB Champions had a fully functioning mobile I've app. I've been so on it. I've played it, man. Yeah. When you told yeah, me yeah, about yeah, it, yeah. I found that app yes. and I played it. Yes. yes, and you could play. You could play the game. So it's funny play. because now we're talking. It's funny because today we talk about like, oh, you know, uh, Top Shot's mobile app. This is the moment. Uh, when are we going to start calling them digital collectibles <laughs> instead of NFTs? And it's funny because it's kind of like going back in time. This MLB Champions thing is either way ahead of its time or proof that the current stuff doesn't work at all because they were literally doing all this before anything. Like not long after CryptoKitties did they launch this stuff. Very so true. Uh, they are the first ever official uh, licensed sports NFTs by a long shot, by several years. There's still a lot of people who hold a lot of supply, including people in our community. So I'm working on that show. So check that out. Uh, I'll, I'll put it out like next Wednesday or something like that. So not not this Wednesday, but the one after the, the 29th. So that's going to be... And both guys are named Randy. Both the guy who started the company, Lucid Side, mm-hmm. his name's Randy Saf. And then the guy who started Crypto Slam, Randy Wagner is... Uh, like the both. So it's going to be interviews with the two Randys. So it's going to be pretty good. Phil, uh, MLB So Rare, which I have been uh, on their ass for a couple of weeks now because uh, of the strange vibe they were creating in the community, has finally released uh, their series to... They put out the plans last week after we did our show, uh, but they have finally released, I guess, like series two marketing and kind of rollout. So as of right now, you can go onto the So Rare MLB site and you can pick commons and this is actually pretty cool. And I, and I want to talk about, they did put out a really hilarious promotional video that once again features John Nellis, <laughs> uh, but also has Juan Soto in it. So anyways, talk about that in a second. But I actually really like the way that they are rolling out their common competition. The common competition uh, is the one that you don't pay for. You don't buy cards. You just you just play for free. Um, and I don't know what the rewards are yet. But basically what they do is if you had common cards from last year, those are gone. Those have been erased. And you need to draft new ones. They give you a budget of basically like $120, not real money, but where they've ranked each player, like, like DFS. Uh, and you have to go and pick your common cards for the year. So I actually really like that. I started doing it earlier, but then quickly ran out of budget because I just started picking the best players. So it's actually going to force you to go down the line and pick some like obscure outfielders or starting pitchers or relief pitchers or whatever. I like that format. Again, it's not very NFT. It might as well just be DFS at that point. But at least I like that they're doing something that's kind of interesting and and makes you uh, have to use your baseball brain a little bit. Biggest detractor there, though, is that there are still no Ethereum rewards for so rare MLB or so rare NBA, which um, they did an AMA with David David Bittow, who's their head of engineering last week on Reddit, text-based AMA, our favorite kind, and asked him 
uh, people asked right. him like are there going to be ETH, eth based rewards and he's like i'll get back to you. or he's like i don't know yet basically saying that i think that they were working on eth based rewards which is you know where my interest now in the product largely lies i think if they had eth based rewards both nba and mlb would totally explode up at least to the levels of soccer but again you know we don't know we don't know what the deal is there yet so phil are you uh are you gonna check that out or no is this is this enough for you to check it out or are you gonna just kind of skip over it this season yeah I'll, I'll check it out i mean to be honest like I, I always start off every season on so rare and and get as far as i can i actually started i'm not well actually i'm not even gonna talk about accounts and stuff but I, i'm actually filling out the nba ones i'm back into the commons now just because um i'm not grinding the way i used to and i kind of just go on instinct I don't do any research. I just go on there. I've been doing really well with the defense one. I don't know why. I guess I get the concept. A lot of people don't. I actually finished in the top 100 of that one like last week. Oh, and really? It just scored, nice. It scored me a tier one common again. I'm just like, all right. Mm. It'd be really cool if there were some sort of real rewards, even for the common um, yeah. you know, non-paying folks. Um, you know, it'd be really cool. Like, I, I truly believe that that's important because like a game like Dimension X, which is a totally different subject, I still play mm -hmm. that religiously, but I've never spent a dollar on it. But I, I've mm -hmm. been able to get far enough and get enough good rewards that it's kept me interested now for a good like five or six months. I've been invested in this thing, right? That's because uh, the free players or the players who play for free um, mm -hmm. also get uh, access to some some of the good stuff, right? Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's a hard balance to find. But yeah, I'll definitely dabble, man. I'm such a big baseball fan. Mm -hmm. I'm a big sports fan. I love fantasy. I'll set the lineups. I know a lot, you know, that that's it's something to, to an extra reason to follow the first week. I play fantasy mm -hmm. baseball, right? But yeah, yeah, I'll definitely check it yeah. out. It is encouraging. Their their volume is up fifty percent this past week, which is still not a lot. It's up to like forty k this past week. So again, I don't know what's going to happen. They did start the auctions today, right? So that's how Sora releases actual paid supply is that they 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 auction cards off on like a particular cadence that they then. Uh, kind of like like reduce as the season goes on and, and demand drops off so we do have the first cards of the season being auctioned probably a lot of them going for high premium because a lot of them are going to be the number one serial for the season oh, uh, and the season hasn't started so you know a lot of speculation on which players will be best so that that is that'll definitely drive up their volume quite a lot in terms of money maybe coming from other places in so rare and going into there I accumulated a lot of stuff in the off season when I started doing all this research in like January and February. So some of my cards are up. I might offload a bit because um, I have like multiples of some players like Gladi right. Guerrero that I thought would would be go to premium. I'm, I'm probably going to be selling at a loss, but uh, you know, just to recoup some money back to maybe you know go put into something else, I might do that. I don't know. It's weird. Like you know, I put out that piece last week or two weeks ago saying like the baseball NFT should be bigger, and I still haven't seen much marketing from somewhere MLB. They did put out a video today that I guess is like their promotional video for series two, which honestly looks like it was shot in like 10 minutes. Uh, it's like just two dudes sitting on a couch being like, look at my so rare lineup. It's so sick. And then freaking Julio Rodriguez shows up and he's like, Hey, don't like, don't trade me. <laughs> and they're like, Oh shit, Julio, what are you doing here? And then John Nellis, who's the so far so rare podcast. who's like, basically, yeah. you know, the main content creator uh, who was in their premier league commercial. He also shows up and he's like, Hey, yeah, you got to do this one. Oh yeah. You know, and he's freaking love John Nellis. Uh, and then Juan Soto shows up and he's like, no, 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 pick me in your lineup. And then, and then that's it. <laughs> and then they that's actually, good, they actually at the end, and, they, and what's funny too is with these, they can't use the team logos. So every single player is wearing like that's a really right. generic like pinstripe jersey. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Which that's is and then, and then at the end, at the end, they have different players like standing in a studio 
uh, individually kind of being like play so rare, uh, including Joey Votto and a lot of other big players. So Joey Votto at some point dedicated like two minutes of time to stand there for a video shot by so rare. <laughs> uh, so it's kind of a funny little ad. It reminded me a lot of the Kevin Durant ad from Top Shot uh, from way, way back. But again, putting those big players in the ad, paying them a lot. I don't know if that means that more people will come. You know what I mean? Like this, like this to me needs to be marketed out there. And I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Right. So I don't know. That's, yeah. that's a big question for me and, and for candy as well Is like, listen, it's baseball season. There's no better time to be marketing these products than right now. So how are you doing that? And are you doing that on first mint? We'll be tracking the numbers uh, in terms of the buyers and the actual players in the next couple of weeks uh, to see if there's an uptick there you know, and to see if there are new people coming into it, but you know, hard sell on NFTs these days. And, um, you know, it really, really hard sell yeah. ba baseball NFTs, unfortunately, because they should, they baseball should be booming in right general. Now. Yes. Because baseball in general is kind of like the downtime for sports, whether people like to admit mm -hmm. that or not, it is considered mm -hmm. the off season for all sports. Right. Um, That's a good point. Yeah. The pastime for a reason is because there's nothing else in the summer. So it's, but, mm -hmm. but that could be a thing that works in Soraya's favor for the simple fact that, the soccer crowd comes over and takes it seriously this year, but that's mm -hmm. not growing your audience, right? That's kind of using the same, same people um, over and over yeah. again. And, you know, I don't think there's any baseball fans going to baseball games. And if you see an ad on the Jumbotron, you're like, holy shit, let me check it out. It's going to take more than that to get people to, um, you know, have a reason to try it out. And even then people hear NFTs, people hear anything to do with that. And they're just like, man, I don't know, man, you know, it's just that sentiment. It's yeah. still the same. I gotta change. It's kind of yeah. Something. Well, I mean, I think I think the fantasy aspect for for so rare is where they has most potential, yes, right? Because again, sure. it's the second most pl played fantasy sport. Um, I think like the maybe the license should have gone to DraftKings because DraftKings DraftKings already has a massive base and already that's pays right. people out. So I don't know if it's that like I don't know what the holdup is for monetary rewards. I don't know if that's so rare is like a French company and they just haven't yeah, gone through the that, that's complicated stuff. I'm sure to get to be able to reward people like DraftKings has done from the very start because DraftKings pays people out. Rainmakers pays people out, man. PGA, all that kind of stuff. People are getting paid out every weekend. So I don't know if it's like it's a company thing or it's a regulation thing, but it's like, there is, there is, they're, they're on so rare, like soccer uh, competitions, get money rewards, DraftKings mm -hmm. rainmakers, they get right. money rewards. Both of them are, both of those are like closed NFT ecosystems. They figured it out. So I don't know what the holdup is for NBA or MLB. It might be the league side, but again, there's precedent for those leagues allowing their partners to give monetary rewards. So I think that that's like a huge piece of the puzzle for both N NBA and MLB. I would actually say that maybe like, a good alpha tip is to track that and to really watch it and to think that it's like, hey, if at any point they announce that, you're always looking for what the next announcement is, um, you know, what's what's the play? Like if tomorrow they announce they're like, hey, every week the rare competition of so rare is gonna, we're going to have like a $10,000 payout for that. Like everything's going to skyrocket, man. Like you have the entire fantasy crowd that plays DraftKings and whatever else. They're going to come into that, right? So same with NBA. Um, you know, I think that 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 the big big question is that financial reward, and once they have that, it's a matter of marketing and getting the, the you know the word of mouth out there because their direct competitor is is going to be DraftKings. So I think you know market to those people. Um, in terms of marketing, Phil D, Candy did put out uh, their plans last week about uh, a lot of the some of the stuff I like. They have kind of like different challenges through the season, which I know you like, especially as a collectible mm -hmm. um, product that it's like, okay, here's a monthly contest. You burn these many this month, blah, blah, blah. I think that that's going to work well with their fan base. They did talk a lot about supply. There's going to be monthly icon theme drops. Mm -hmm. There's going to be Great. 10 plays of the week every week, not play of the day anymore, play of the week. And they're going to oh, keep that what they said? I didn't drops. see that. 
Yes, yes, I read through it. Oh, so shit. last year they did play yeah. of the day, which is something they would mint the next morning after it, like pick the best player, which was cool. Fifteen bucks each, maybe a little mm -hmm. steep to do the whole year, but really cool. Um, but now it's going to be plays of the week, and there's going to be ten to pick from. So like that's a little mm -hmm. extreme to me. That's a oh. lot. Like you're increasing that from last year with a smaller base. Yeah. Um, and they're going to do historical drops, which like to me, like listen, I know all these collectible products. It's like yes, it's kind of marketing to do historical drops. Like come by Ken Griffey Jr. But man, is there not a market for it? Like, it, I kind of cringe every time, like, Top Shot or All Day or Candy does it. Or I'm like, yeah, like, maybe in the future, but like, you got to grow this product before you can bring in the legends, yeah, that's, man. That's a little extreme. It's a bit of like, um, a it feels like a bit of a desperation thing to try and get, you know, a certain crowd. Yeah. Right. I agree. I enjoy yeah, the, that's legend, it, right? the older stuff, but, you know, it's not, yeah, it's not going to bring in the masses, that's I, for sure. I did ask, like, again, the biggest question here is marketing. And I did ask in their Discord, because uh, they did, like, a Twitter Spaces last week, their executive team explaining what's going on for the new season. I went straight to the Discord, and I was like, listen, like, what's the deal with marketing? That's the main thing everybody who want, here wants to know, whether they're bag holders or not, is, like, mm -hmm. you guys are a big company. You're well-funded. You have these really, like, important-sounding CEO-type people running the show. You have 300 weekly users. What is the plan for marketing? And I, and I told them, I was like, listen, I'm not expecting you to say – like a freaking Janie Parasini level, like, hey, we're going to spend $50 million this year on marketing. <laughs> I don't expect that at all. This is an experimental product. Like, like it's okay if you're going to say, like, we're going to take our time figuring that out. But what yeah. is the plan? Uh, and Meg Mers, who's the, the, uh, the, the, I guess, the head of experiential marketing or whatever over there, um, did give me a couple hints. She wrote back and she said three things. One, they're going to do MLB team packs. So basically, like oh. you will be able to buy a pack of the team that you like. So we'll be able to oh, buy, cool. buy a like Jays pack, which they did at the end of last season. They're going right. to be increase, increase in organic educational content, breaking down the basics of digital collectibles and a role they play in celebrating baseball fandom. Um, I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm assuming maybe that works with working with influencers, baseball influencers. So I'm, I'm not sure what that means. Maybe something. What they need, they need like, you remember how like Top Shot had like no dunks and other, you know, yes. normal podcast people doing stuff. Like I think Candy kind of needs that. Like they need to go find the no dunks of baseball and talk to them and get them to open packs on air. Maybe that could be fun. The last one they put, she put was partnering with influential traditional card collectors and a group of notable MLB players to help introduce candy and digital collectibles to a new audience. So that's interesting to me. I do like that. I do think like there are a lot of card collectors out there. It's a big market. So going straight to them and having them talk about it could be a win. I think SoRare has done well hiring uh, some of the bigger influencers like Brycent, Joe Pompliano, uh, some of the people in the NFT space, like at least getting their name out there. So I think Candy, like that might be a good start for them. But again, um, you know, like I said, I, they got to take it slow. They got to figure some stuff out. So hopefully, you know, we'll see the fruits of those labors sometime soon for them because I want them to succeed. I, I want these products to do well, right? Like I want these to do well. I want NFT, I want sports NFTs sure. to do well. And, you know, baseball should be doing well by, by logical stand standpoint. My hopes are not up for that, and my expectations are yeah. pretty low. And I think that's the best way to approach it. And then I, I'm hoping something yeah. comes and just blows us out of this world, right? Um, awesome. So we'll see. You never know, man. Did, did you see uh, yeah. completely off topic? Did you see that WWE yeah. is in discussions to start um, uh, sports betting on WWE matches? I did see that. So you're yeah. telling me, and with all the jokes around scripting <laughs> of NBA games, NFL yeah. games, all that. You are telling me that a sport, an entertainment that is fully scripted, top to bottom, fully scripted, is going yeah. to offer sports betting? Are you joking? Like, <laughs> I, listen, 
exposure wise yeah it'd be great because you're going to see the biggest yeah. chaos ever of people furious at things okay and, mm -hmm. and how endings happen and all that and i love it that's my kind of vibe but i i didn't really understand that i was just like um okay so how's that going to work exactly seriously so what now no one's going to be able to know what happens but then the wrestlers still know what happened and they could tell their long lost mm -hmm. cousin johnny who lives in the middle of utah somewhere that they're going to lose the match tonight and johnny little uh... john you know he's going to go place his bet i i don't know it's a mess but you know, Dude, they're obviously no feeling way. that they need to be part of that market, right? So, uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't see it happening. Dude, there is Maybe no way to regulate that. That's the most, like, ridiculous thing. Like, there's just really no is. way yeah. you could ever regulate that when it's scripted. That's like people betting on the outcome of, like, TV shows and shit like that, man. Like, it's like, no, you can't You can't bet on what's going to happen on The Last of Us. Like, it's, yeah. you know, people wrote the script. They know what's going to happen. I think they yeah. did do that you, for, like, Game of Thrones, like, who would die and shit you like can't that. But even bet then, it's on like, it. Uncle Jesse's going to break no. both his arms in a motorcycle accident. You can't bet on stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I know reference. what you mean. Like it, it's Super random. Right? Good, um, good uh, Full yeah. House reference there by the real Phil D. Man, that's good. Uh, okay, anyways, so yeah, thanks thanks for that little tidbit. Uh, Phil, the last thing I want to talk about on today's show, because we're, we're getting close to two hours now, which has been a, a very good conversation, the first hour being about nothing at all. <laughs> um, although it's not it's not dark in your house yet. I do have to say, now that oh, we have daylight savings, so you're not you're not in darkness yet. No, no days are getting longer, man. I, if we can finish right. these before it's dark, you'll we'll right. be in a good place every week. Uh, the new Phil, the new hottest sentence in NFTs, the new tagline that we are going to use for a very long time, and we know in the NFT space and the crypto space how like one tweet or one Discord message becomes infamous, especially mm -hmm. think in our community. Uh, like when the top shot economist said, you know, make better trading decisions. And we still talk about that to this to this day. The newest newly minted phrase from last week from Poopy, the co-founder of Doodles, was to somebody who didn't like uh, their latest discord message about Doodles not being an NFT project and trying to grow beyond that. And somebody saying, hey, I'm going to sell my Doodles. Poopy responded, floor it. And GTFO, which means get the fuck out, <laughs> which was shared oh everywhere on God. Twitter and immediately tanked the floor price of Doodles, which recently moved to Flow and was seen as like a really big move. They moved to Flow. Doodles also has the CEO, the former CEO of Billboard, Julian, uh, now running the show. Phil D, I know you don't have a Doodles, but if you had one, would you have floored it and gotten the fuck out or not? I, I am so glad I didn't spend that like $45 on those like pink shorts I was going to buy when I went to Gaia Marketplace. <laughs> all the clothes because so, you can buy all the Doodles clothes now. My, my, my question though is forget you asking me a question. I want to ask you a question. All right. Oh. It, 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 the story is growing of, of your experience at the Doodles party at NFT NYC last year. <laughs> okay. The more we tell the story, more people know. Uh, what happened and, yeah. and just to make it really really fast for those who don't know uh we lg was not forced but left the i think it was the moonbirds party last year to attend the i was at the party. moon yeah i was at I had right. two, two parties in one night you know i had moonbirds where yeah. there was david blaine uh, and i was with king dragon and sam k from the first mint mm -hmm. we're having a good time but i was like guys i gotta go to doodles and also it's too loud in here so you know i can't yeah. hear anybody talk so I, I gotta go to doodles hopped on the old new york subway and headed up back to Times Square to go to the Doodles party. Meet up with you, Phil, and the rest of the yeah. gang. Me, who had stood in the rain like a monsoon for about an hour trying to get into that event. Okay. Mm -hmm. And and again, very long story short, LG was irritated from the very start when the Doodles party charged like 20 or $25 per drink. 
Okay. When every single event we attended that week, and we're going to sound like assholes for saying this, but every single no. event we attended that week was complimentary drinks. It was no matter who you were. Yeah, I you were a holder. That's right. Yeah. I was a holder. Nifties yeah. even for giving free drinks yes. for like two or three hours. Yes. Okay. Yes. Every single, like for anybody who's not been like most, most NFT parties, especially from these bigger projects, especially back then when the floor price of every NFT is like 30 grand, usually, you know, holding the NFT would get you a ticket plus and a plus one to the party. Like apes, Phil, we went to ape fest, right? Went to yeah. the first night of ape fest drinks, as many drinks as you want. Uh, as much food as you want, food carts, all this different shit, all free on the rooftop to watch freaking Questlove do nothing. But anyways, like like most of the times, like you hold this big asset and they're like one of the utilities is that you're going to get to go to a cool party, which is ridiculous as a long term utility. But short term is cool. Doodles charging like $19 for a tall can of beer. Like how cheap can you fucking yeah, be, nice. especially after especially after a $50 million raise and being the project that's done the eighth most volume. So you've made another like $50 million just from secondary sales and fees to the audacity to charge people $14 for a fucking tall boy beer of like a couple hundred people for that. Absolutely ridiculous. So when I got there, I was immediately pissed off. But, but th this is even before we had to just sit there and wait with no guidance as to what was happening. Okay. They promoted uh, that entire event as like, as like, yeah. it's going to be like a mangle party and chain smokers mm -hmm. are going to come out and give you guys a private performance. That was the rumor mm -hmm. that chain smokers mm -hmm. were coming out. We knew it was them. Mm -hmm. And they advertise it as like starts at 10. So we're like, okay, you know what? We have a lot of places to be tonight. A lot of places, a lot of friends we want to see, a lot of places we want to be. You can't mm -hmm. stay here for like five or six mm -hmm. hours. So LG was already irritated. We we're at the very front of the stage. I'm a pretty big Chainsmokers fan. I love their music. I was like, man, this is going to be mm. dope. I will be in the front row yeah. and see these guys right in front of me. So mm -hmm. the curtains open or the lights go off, you know, that everybody take your seats or, you know, here we go. Yeah. You know? That was like, woo, you know, we're screaming. Or, you yeah, know, yeah, crowd, yeah. You know, you know we we're trying to get the crowd going. Like, woo, you know, to every little thing. You know, the curtain would open a little bit. be like, woo, and the whole crowd would be like, wow. You know? Was it just you? Was it just you that was like that? Actually, Ash Carter was also all over that. Okay. She was. She was, man, she loved that stuff. And she was making yeah. just as many sound effects as I was. And, the, and these Great. crazy doodle maxis mm -hmm. where you could tell them like doodles is going to hell and they wouldn't even listen to what you're saying. They would just cheer. Mm -hmm. They were going bonkers. Mm -hmm. at, even at curtains mm -hmm. moving. So anyway, mm -hmm. very long story short, they're, all the execs came out. You know, the whole team came out. The, you know, CEO, the this, the that, whatever. Who cares? They were saying also telling stories, sitting on stools instead of the chain smokers coming up. And you could see the chain smokers equipment just sitting there. But instead, we got the team just talking to us. And LG was getting more and more irritated to the point where it got to the Q&A finally. He did not even put his hand up to be picked for the Q&A. He just screamed and demanded to know why the <laughs> hell we were paying for drinks. And I know that the moderator, whoever the hell it was that was taking the questions, 100% heard you. Okay, they fully ignored you. It you was the CEO. It was the CEO, CEO, and we were right at the front. He was 15 feet away from me, and everybody was quiet. This is like a small theater. This wasn't like a oh freaking baseball God. stadium or something like that. This is like a tiny-ass theater, and he was right there, and I know he heard me. Oh. I was like, oh, why are we paying for drinks? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, ridiculous. I'll, I'll, I'll pick you in the crowd. Yeah, as if you didn't hear LG. Okay, so. Oh, yeah. And I'm the like, question man. was like, how, uh, what are your plans for doodles? Like, it was the most basic, freaking stupid questions each time, man. That they just oh, went over man, anyway. That ever so, so then, that was so uh, annoying. Know, and, then, and then when it was finally done, and all the speakers on sitting on their stools, including Poopy, started stopped talking, they're like, mm -hmm. all right, 
Shane smokers are next. I'm like, all right, thank God, man. Like we spent an hour and a half of this crap. I don't want to hear anymore. Okay. They're like, chain smokers are next. They'll be out at like 1230. I'm like, yeah, like two hours from now. I look at the clocks, like 10 o'clock. I'm like, oh, you got to be kidding me. And then the masses are heading for the exits. So just like, you know, when a sporting event's done and everyone's just, you can't even get out because there's so many people trying to get out. That was what the party looked like. People are like, uh, what? Okay, cool. We're out of here. We're not staying for chain smokers for two hours. When you're, you're only there for three, four days, man. You're already cutting yeah. events out of your schedule. There's absolutely no mm-hmm. time for this nonsense. And that's LG when I was like, man, you know what? I don't know about doodles anymore. For me, this was a big fail for them. It really was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, mm-hmm. the arrogance of thinking that we want to listen to them for two or three hours, just sitting on their stools talking about God knows what, where nobody really cares. Yeah, the maxis <laughs> were going nuts. Like I said, we were fueling that, though. Whatever they would say, we'd be like, ooh. And the whole crowd no, would be like, oh, it, my God, yeah. I'm going to die. You know, like, it's just so good. I'm like, no, I think, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think the maxis want them a little bit. Like, I don't have a problem with them doing a little AMA. Um, the part that I didn't like about that is I thought that Julian, who's the CEO that they hired, I thought his uh, presentation was really corny. He had like PowerPoint slides oh, yeah, um, that's right. that basically were like, doodles too. Aren't you ready? You know, and it was like, it was like very, very was like and he had his blazer <laughs> on. It was very like, yeah. And, here, and it, the announcements were good. We're like, okay, we're partnering with Pharrell to make music almost a year ago. There's no music yet. Uh, we're, we've got, we ran, we have a new round of fundraising, $50 million yeah. led, um, by the Reddit guy, Serena Williams, husband. And we have, oh, yeah. uh, what was the other oh thing? Yeah. 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 Um, whatever his name is, I forget his name. Um, and the part that I thought was really funny of that presentation is at one point he talked about how big he wanted doodles to be as a brand. Oh, and if you guys have ever watched entourage, you might remember a, a episode at the end of season two when they want to fire jeremy piven ari they want to fire their agents a big episode very emotional and uh, very bro show but basically they're like you know what before we fire him let's go date the other agencies because he represents he represents him as a talent right so he gets him movies Mm -hmm. so they're like let's go to all the other agencies and see what they have to offer and if it's actually better than what we have now and they go to all these other talent representation agencies and every agency gives them the exact same presentation. It's like a cookie cutter. They all do it the same. And one of the and part of the presentation, they're like, listen, we're so happy you're here. We really think you are going to be one of the biggest brands in the world. And we're going to take you there. And the lights turn off and a screen comes up and they're like, Coca-Cola, Microsoft, McDonald's, Vincent Chase, which is the main character's name. And they're like, oh my God. Like, and the, you know, the, the main act, the main people are like, holy shit, like every agency is the same. And at the end, they go see Jeremy Piven, and then his presentation is also the same. So then they fire him. Anyways, uh, and and literally the doodles guy was like, he's at one point in the presentation, he's like, Microsoft, McDonald's, doodles, <laughs> or like yeah, that's or something right. like that. Yeah, and yeah, I was like, yeah. are you fucking serious? Like, yeah. that's like a joke from Entourage from like 20 years ago, and you're not even saying it as a joke. Like, you're just this like cheesy ass <sighs> fucking presentation. So anyway, so yeah, same as you. I was like, okay, I don't know about doodles. And they've had a lot of other weird things happen since then, Phil, because after mm-hmm. that, that was at the end of the summer or the start of the summer in June. They didn't tweet anything for through the entire summer, if you remember, through all of July and August. And people were like, why hasn't Doodles tweeted? Like, Mm. this is Mm. really weird. And it became a running joke. And eventually they they did tweet. And it's still part of the zeitgeist that they didn't tweet for a long time. But then when they tweeted, they're like, well, you know what? Fuck you guys. Like, it was this very like, you know, if you don't like it, get out of here kind of thing where it's like, listen, like, these are your fans, man. Like, you got to if you want to be a big brand. You got to yeah. be ready for that heat. And I will give somebody like Roham 
credit that that guy doesn't crack. Like maybe he claps back at people sometimes, but it's usually like not too immature. It's pretty, it's pretty yeah. organized. He'll 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 go and get go at people who are saying like things that aren't yep. true. But he's clearly mature enough to take mm -hmm. that heat. And people tweet some nasty shit about Rohan, man. There's even fake oh, yeah. accounts about like step down Rohan, all that kind of stuff. For the doodles guys, like, listen, they want to build that big of a brand. Listen, that's a really ambition and ambitious vision. You don't want to have to deal with your community every day when they're demanding an NFTs. That's going to be a hard go because mm -hmm. NFTs are largely speculative. The only thing that doodles has done is put out more NFTs. Yeah, they signed a deal with freaking Pharrell. I don't see any music. You know what I mean? Like, I haven't heard a single song that they've made or licensed or any of that kind of shit. So until they can do that stuff until they have that stuff rolling out yeah maybe when you build a big brand and you're you know you are the next disney yeah you can talk fucking big um but if your plan is to do that but you haven't done it yet shut your mouth man and do what your community wants <laughs> honestly that was back to my point though what if he had said that on that stage that day to someone asking a question of the nature that was put on twitter if he had responded yeah. in that fashion what would what would happen I'm, I'm sure some, some people like that. They would have clapped. I think, I think people, those people would have clapped. I, I do. Like, yeah, listen, tell them, you know. Like, yeah, listen, listen. I, I think I think there's definitely, like, there's always going to, in every NFT project, there are some hardcore people, right, mm -hmm. that no matter what happens, no matter what's said, they'll always defend it. They usually have giant-ass bags, and whether they do or don't. <laughs> and it's not to say that you can't be success, you can't be moderately successful with something like that, and there are examples of really brash people in our in the world now who are at the top of the food chain and are assholes like elon musk uh who like literally is super unhinged sometimes um but that guy's built like four companies and is the richest person ever so yeah like it doesn't make it right for him to be an asshole but he he, he like you can't argue with that his process has worked to get him there doodles hasn't done anything they have a ton of money they haven't built anything yet nothing exists until you go out and build that shit you can't say that. You can't talk like that. And that's like that's like that's like that's like that's like the Pat Beverly of NFTs. You know what I mean? That's like talk shit, but it's like, dude, you haven't done anything, Pat Bev. You haven't done <laughs> shit. Like that's like literally, you know, Pat Bev taking his shirt off and crying after they won the play-in yeah. game when he was on the Timberwolves. It's like that's pathetic. You know, it's like you haven't done anything. You know, until you do, like you're not you're not Draymond. Draymond's one, <laughs> right? So, um, I don't know. But, I think that that also increases the expectations and the pressure on doodles to have that kind of rhetoric out there. So I don't know, man, I'm really not impressed. There's also another founder in the space who has had a similar message lately. Phil D if you remember pixel vault that we did a spaces about Ooh. last year, which I still hold some pieces from um, pixel vault, which has a big ecosystem actually wearing their shirt uh, from their meta hero universe. No longer called that right now. Um, their founder, G Funk, who has also been under a lot of heat, who people found out bought himself like a pretty big house during <laughs> during the bear market, Ooh, probably using money from the company. Uh -oh. They raised a hundred million dollars for the last two weeks, has been on an absolute Twitter tirade that's oh, very man. much the same message. It'd be like, listen to all the haters out there, fuck you, and just watch what we're gonna build. Yeah. And it's like you still haven't built anything, you haven't made anything. You can't say F you to the haters when you haven't done anything yet. You can only say it after, and even then. Don't say it. Just don't say it. Just go do it. Just go do it and do it well. You know, I, I don't know. It just drives me totally crazy, that kind of stuff. And, you know, NFTs are so small that it, it feels like a little high school sometimes. And that's the kind of stuff that people will not forget. Oh, you're right. It, it, but it's tough, man. You know, not everybody reacts the same. It's just like anything else. Not everybody reacts the same to criticism, pressure and all that. Mm -hmm. Right. 
like you said, Roham's a great example. I think, man, he you know he showed up for that AMA. Yeah, it was kind of a coward thing to do a text-based one. That's what the, the sentiment of the community, right? But what did you want to do? Did you want to throw rocks at him? Is that what you really wanted to do? You know, did you want to just lynch him publicly so he'd be on camera and all that and you can destroy him? Yeah, no, that's your agenda. You know, I think it was the right move at the end of the day. And you know, he took he he tackled all those questions head on. He could have done the same thing and just been like, you know, go f yourself. If you don't like it, just leave. That's my mentality all the time. Like, what are you still doing? No, here? but that's that's not how you but build no, a that's not how that's, you build a sustainable not, business, Ben. That's and not, that's why listen. they didn't come out from that AMA. They didn't come out any worse than they were before with Rohan. Yeah, no matter what, it could have gone one of two ways, right? He could have just burned it all down and said, you know what, screw off everyone, sell all your shit mm -hmm. if you don't like it, and then everyone would have. A lot of people would have, right? They're like, all right, if you feel that way, we're gone. But the ones who are on the fence were like, all right, you know what? He answered everything. You know, we still have a mm -hmm. bit of faith in him because of that. You know, and he, he did address the community, which is what people wanted. So I'll mm -hmm. give him kudos there, man, mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do. I, I, yeah, I, I don't think it should have been text based, but I, I know what you're saying. Like, I, I think we still want to hear from him. I don't, I, I don't like people having a lot of time to formulate their answers. I think you want oh, to hear, sure. I think someone's, Absolutely. I think someone's voice tone and how long it takes mm -hmm. them to answer something also gives a lot more meaning to those answers. So That's when true. do you think, Phil, when do you think the next time is we're going to hear from Rohan? Oh, do we have a date that did we did we put bets on a date for the next Roham AMA? I, I say before the start of next season, NBA, something like that. Midsummer, yeah, midsummer. Yeah, yeah. Price, yeah. price, NBA Top Shot prices will tank in the off season, but right yeah. before all day he'll takes keep off, tweeting until then, like his AMA. usual, just yeah. most random tweets ever. He literally has the most random tweets of anyone on Twitter. They're just like all over the place. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, officially. I mean, unless they decided that that thing was so wildly popular in terms of how much controversy it created that they'll do one every mm -hmm. couple months, which I wish, right? Like, I, I want to see that. I want to see different communities having access to them and asking them questions. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, no, I don't. I think it'll be a while till we hear from the guy. I don't think so. There's yeah. nothing to say right now, unless there's another scandal Last, that happens. I'm just looking at his tweets uh, to point out that he did retweet Poopy, and Poopy did. Uh -oh. uh, Poopy, the Doodles guy, he did he apologized in a way that wasn't an apology. And this is like a new form of PR that people have where they just can't, they just cannot get out of the way of their own ego where they want to go and admit they're wrong, but literally never actually apologize for anybody oh, to course. anybody for being such an asshole. So poopy, uh, I guess on Friday or later on Thursday wrote this, uh, like long thing on Twitter, which you can write long messages on Twitter now being like, Hey, you gave me all this feedback. I said, doodles is an NFT project, blah, 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 blah. Here's why, you know, the long, long, long explanation. Uh, I care deeply about our community acknowledge that we've been here in part due to the current speculative nature of NFTs. Um, blah, 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 like here's our mission. And then Doodles is going to continue building experiences and products for all holders. And then he quotes himself, floor it and GTFO. I'll take the L on this one. But at no point does he say, I'm sorry. I apologize for being a dick, which means he doesn't think he should be sorry. He just has the grown up in the room. Who's the guy who used to run billboard telling him you need to write this because we can't keep doing it that way. Like you can't say that to your like to your holders and destroy the reputation of our project. So kind of a mess. Um, and who knows, who knows what's next there. I, I hate that kind of stuff. I hate it. It's like, no, dude, you need to apologize. Like be a man and fucking apologize like properly. Don't Fun just to follow though. You know, and, and I'm not going to lie. LG, I did not know about it until I read the newsletter. It's like true story. I had mm -hmm. no idea. And I saw other people say the same thing. So that was, that was mm -hmm. a great addition of the newsletter. Uh, not a shameless plug. I legit had no clue until I read my email that morning and, and saw it. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow. 
great reading, man. This mm -hmm. is like, this is my kind of stuff. I mean, I wish I was following this live because people are losing it. Mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I got one more thing to ask you though, before we wrap this up. And I know you're probably planning yeah. on doing that really soon. Um, yeah. Hasbula. Hasbula <laughs> in, in, in hot water right now for something that happened yeah. a couple of days ago. I know you saw the video. Oh, I, di I um, didn't see. No, what happened? Are you, are you on team cancel Hasbula? Or are you on team um, that's on par with what Hasbula does? So if you didn't see it, Hezbollah was told he's in he's in California right now. So he's courtside at the Lakers games. He's courtside at all sorts of things. He's all over the place. He's a very popular individual. So he was mm -hmm. kind of behind the scenes in some kind of like venue. And he was told he was going to mm -hmm. meet a very special guest. And he said, is it mm -hmm. Elon Musk? And the guy who was introduced him was like, no, no, it's not Elon Musk. No. And when the curtain was pulled, it was Mickey Mouse. Okay. <laughs> and Hezbollah was like, Yow! he would let out like some scream that it was mm -hmm. Mickey Mouse. Uh -huh. And in oh, his yeah. interactions with Mickey Mouse, he starts like kicking and punching him like in the nuts, like slapping his face. And people are livid saying, what about the human inside that costume? Or, like, But uh -huh. to me, I'm like, I'm pretty sure whoever was in that costume for sure knows what Hezbollah does. And I'm sure they're not like at home crying about it right now, are they? Like, mm -hmm. it wasn't even that bad, man. I, I couldn't, there's never controversy. Mm -hmm. They're like, what is a grown man doing? Just because he looks like he's 12, he's actually 20 something. And he should not be treating another human that way. He's like slapping him and kicking him in the balls and stuff. <laughs> Hasbula, I think is is I think he's twenty years old. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> pretty sure he's twenty years old. Here we go. But here we go. Here this is standard okay, though. Here he, he doesn't do it. You got to hear this. Here he is. So they're in a hotel, and he's uh, walking up to Mickey Mouse. Yeah, and he oh, gives oh, him a slap. Already getting hand, aggressive here. Yeah. Pulls his nose. Yeah. Laughing. <laughs> man, Hasbula is crazy, man. Give him some pokes. Yeah. Wait, here comes. Oh, he's okay. kneeing him. Knee to the thigh, yeah, but not a hard one. Yeah. More Jeez, shaking man. hand. Shots so of the Please, please, here, please let me squeeze your, your, your nose, and he's laughing about it. Yeah, yeah. He's harassing Mickey arm. Mouse. He's harassing. He's trying to break his arm. <laughs> <laughs> what is going they on? They got to put this guy in movies, man. They got to got always with the Nelk Boys. That's hilarious. Oh, 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 they gotta, did you see that? He kicked his hand. He kicked his, kicked hand. his hand. Dude, okay, they gotta it. they gotta put Hasbula has to do movies, man. He's too he's that's too hilarious. So man. so so now he's being well, there's groups trying to cancel him saying poor human inside that suit uh, being abused by a grown man. I'm like, okay, honestly, man, you, first of all, I I truly believe whoever was in that Mickey suit knows about Hasbula, mm -hmm. knows that he'll probably slap yeah. the shit out of you. And that wasn't even that bad. He didn't fully assault the thing, like he did fake kicks, fake arms. Tried to break the arm one time, squeeze the nose, tried to get his hand inside the face thing. Uh, that's mm -hmm. about it, though. But yeah, he knows how to. He knows how to. I mean, Shaq loves him, right? They're always in videos together. I say no cancel on this one. I don't. All right, so. here we go. Yeah, here, here are some of the comments. Here's some of the comments. Ew, act your age, bro. You're actually annoying. <laughs> My poor friends who work at Disney still don't deserve that. Also, oh. Disney cast members, stand up for yourself. Somebody else wrote. I will be glad when karma catches up to him. Well, because he squeezed Mickey Mouse's nose. Are you freaking uh, it's serious? crazy, man? I was shocked. I was like, I, I was expecting to see some outrageous video, and I watched it. And I was laughing the whole time. Oh, I'm like, okay, man, that's so funny. I don't Isn't know, he like twenty? Kind of weird. He's being a dick to a guy in a suit. It's like, dude, they're taking. Okay, so also the video, like they're they're clearly doing like promotional that's photos. Right. Yep. And the other thing too is Hasbula is now like an official ambassador of the UFC. So I actually think it's, I actually think that looking at that, my media thought is like, this is part of the UFC act where it's him like kind of like, you know, he kind of tries to put Mickey Mouse in an arm bar, but also like Hasbula is three feet tall and looks like a four-year-old child. 
him hitting Mickey Mouse is not going to hurt Mickey Mouse. Like it's that is what's happening there is like anybody in a Mickey Mouse costume walks around at Disney gets way worse than that every single day from kids and parents. And and it is part of the act too. Let's be honest. act has never changed. It's the same thing. He's he played people and. You know, I don't think he yeah, went. Yeah, he's he's he didn't get a full kick to the nuts or anything. Like he didn't do any of that. You know, no, he actually so, try and hurt know. him. No, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know. Thank you for bringing that. Up. I love Phil that it's like I have this like agenda every show of like, hey, here's some really specific NFT. I'm here to things to talk about everything. And then in between each one, you're like, what about WWE betting? What about Hasbula? Let's talk about uh, the refs for 30 minutes. You know, <laughs> so I love that. I love that. And that's and that's how we end up recording for two hours. That's how it ends up. That's how we end up recording wow. for two hours. It's the, you know it's not even first minute anymore. It's just the the Doucette bros just talk about random shit uh, they want to they want to say. Uh, is there anything else you want to say besides Hezbollah, or, or can we wrap up? No, that I was going to close with Hezbollah, but that's about it. I don't know what else coming up. Apparently, Donald Trump is going to jail tomorrow. I'm looking forward to following that. <laughs> he's going to he announced he's going to jail. So I mean, will will the Trump up. NFTs moon, Phil? Will the Trump <laughs> NFTs will he I sell more? For his I legal fees to fund that, his man. legal fees. Oh, I can't believe God. I didn't okay. grab one of okay. those. Okay, so hold on. Can we just say, okay, so listen, I know most of us don't have apes and doodles and any of those huge projects. And I don't think I don't think now's a good time to go buy any of that. I don't think you should go drop 10 grand on any of that shit anytime soon. NFT market is super uncertain. What I will say is that I think some of the biggest misses from both of us in the last six months and even the last couple of weeks has been when there's a large brand of some kind that is launching its first ever NFT thing, both in sports and not in sports, that those things will moon before more supply comes out. Trump NFTs, they're $100 each. They peaked at like $800 each. Some were super rare, worth more than that. Totally would have been worth buying one or two. Everybody had the chance to do it. Um, Starbucks, even though we weren't able to buy them in Canada, I tried. You could buy, they finally did their first actual NFT drop. Every other thing was like a bad reward you could earn up like 300% or something like that since they dropped them. Phil, DraftKings, Rainmakers, PGA, they sold their packs for $200. We laughed on the podcast. We said that's a lot for golf NFTs. They are currently worth $600 per pack. Like this is the lesson. So Phil, this is our job going forward is whenever there is the launch of some major brand, whether the brand is a thing like Trump or it's a PGA or freaking Starbucks or whatever, so long as it's not Porsche, which they they sold their NFTs for like 3,000 bucks, which, which was ridiculous, but also still went above mint price. Um, Phil, we have to on the show. We got to be all over that audience. You guys got to be on it too. Whenever the whenever the and there's more sports to go. There's still plenty of other stuff going. And I feel Phil. I know you and I have been collecting the Tour de France NFTs very religiously whenever they've been out. So we're all over that one already. But I'm just saying, next time there's a Trump, next time there's a PGA or whatever, we got to get them. We got to get them. We got to get the first supply. And we gotta if they moon, we got to give ourselves a little liquid, man. That's the name of the game. Like I think that that that's like a huge missed opportunity that we keep missing because those things come out and we wonder we're like are these actually going to do good or do people actually not care about the fucking pga of course they do you know so um anyways last little bit of alpha there every project kind of has the same arcus top shot right of like buy the first supply it's going to do well so we're gonna have to get on it next time um i don't know what i don't know what's on the radar i don't know what's on the radar for that maybe we'll have some alpha next time on the show or the one after that or whatever but i think that's something i definitely want to track because i'm tired of missing these opportunities uh, you know, where we could have uh, sent ourselves to Disneyland with some Trump NFTs. 
I'm in 100%. Hit me up. Beauty. Beauty. Well, Phil D., thank you for this two-hour session. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I'll see you next week on the First Mint. See you then.